exactly every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own this is a special place. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensimedia. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn, and I am back in the studio and uh, here with MTI, of course. Yo, yo, yo. Making it sound so good. Um, we survived the birthday. We survived my 50th. I'm halfway done with life at least, you know, at least halfway done, maybe more. Who the fuck knows? But uh, we survived the 50th last week and, uh, you know, it was good times. We had amazing entertainment, right? We had Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction playing on Such drums. Such a good drummer, dude. You can't can't go wrong there right you can't go wrong and then uh we had uh we had willie waldman from the willie waldman project you can look him up and see how many things he's actually been on it's amazing like literally like my when my kid was doing his set my (laughs) six-year-old when he was dropping his beats willie goes oh yeah that's my horn right there i was like really on a dubstep track too i mean amazing that's dope i didn't know Uh, that exactly and then we had dj mateo in from uh, fun loving criminals we had stellar top quality entertainment all the way around um and we had some great people and it was you know it was one of those deals where it wasn't like you know mega packed thousands of people or anything but it was actually just such a good group of people we hung out for three days and uh made a lot of new friends i think and, and I, I noticed after the fact that a whole bunch of new connections were made which is basically what it's all about right yeah man you know it's good times um so today on the show we have uh mr cat mr i don't know if he's a mr cat i don't know how to i don't know how to pronounce it would it be mr cat would it just be Katsubaba? Katsubaba, I think, man. I think it would just be Katsubaba. We're gonna have this is premiere. This is his world premiere, uh, in the uh, spotlight as far as podcasts and or really anything like that. He's been st- laying low and just you know putting out good work for years. Um, I think most of the people, well, not most of the people, but a lot of the people who listen to this show, um, who are forum people and we're on you know IG or we're on uh, you know all these different uh, weed forums back in the day would definitely know him because he was one of those people who just put out you know he, he got something that he liked and he put it out to the world and uh you know it's one of those things with cannabis i think nowadays it's so hard to be original right and the, the fact that you know he just got somebody else's work but he put it out there he probably saved you know bubba himself back in the day because i'm sure like all of us we all lose the fucking thing we have or the original or it gets fucked or contaminated or whatever and the fact that he actually put it out to the world and got it to you know hundreds of people and then they gave it to more people and more people and more you know that's what it's all about is preservation of genetics oh my god (laughs) amateur amateur hour amateur amateur hour hour over here well double amateur because it's mr Mr. Illuminar himself calling me, <laughs> not realizing that the show's on, but it's okay. Fantastic. He can talk to me dry via the TV now, via his computer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're going to have him on the show. We're also going to have um, our buddy. I can't, I don't know if I should. See, the thing is, I don't know who to say, if I can say or not say, because we haven't really confirmed any of this, but we're going to have the proprietor of Real Seeds on here. And he is a land race uh, collector and uh, 
breeder. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a bit about that. He's actually in Southeast Asia at the moment. So his time schedule, we're going to put him at the end of the show. He's eight hours. Sure. He's eight hours ahead of Greenwich Mean Time, which is actually five hours. So it's like 15 hours difference wow. or 14 hours difference. So we'll give him a little more time to sleep. Um, and uh, we're going to have... Uh, we're going to have the, uh, the Illuminar giveaway, I hope, if, if uh, we, can, we can get all the team. We tried to get in touch with everybody to make sure, but now that they've contacted me, I know that they are live. So that will be at the end of the show. And uh, besides that, let's see. what Before we do, we're going to do a shout-out to the beginning so we can go and uh, get Mr. Katsu on the line. <laughs> and uh, bef- uh, so before that, we'll do that. And I just want to give uh, MTI stage for five seconds. How, how was your week besides hanging out at the party? Did you do anything else exciting? Was yeah. there... No, just back to back to Back to the grind? In. Yeah. The grind. Yep, just been running again now that the weather's good, so... Getting out there. Weather sucks. What are you talking about? Well, I mean. Today is unbelievably shitty. Yeah. It's cold as fuck. Well, it's snowing in the mountains. Do you know that? I was, I was supposed to go camping this weekend. And yeah, and there's got, snow. It got can't, it canceled because, yeah. It's crazy. It's going to snow on us on Sunday if we go up there. So It's fucking crazy. It's like, uh, it, it, you know, and then, of course, everybody's like, yeah, what about fucking global warming? Mm. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. I'm like, yeah, but it's actually the. It's even more apparent that we're fucked because right. yeah. it's going in every direction. It's you know? like, is this the new climate in Colorado? Like, you know, like for the most part. It's a shitty summer. Yeah. And, and, and we have, uh, I mean, I, I have nothing really going on outdoors this year because of the whole situation I had down at the place. So I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm not suffering out there. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so let's do the shout outs. Cool. You got them cued. Well, that's, I would expect nothing less. Uh, we're going to start out with New Millennium, New Millennium Nutrients, and I'm surprised those now, see, I already give, now is the time where I give all my sponsors shit if they didn't show up to my party, so it's like, <laughs> fuck, where the fuck were you guys? Right? I thought for sure Jaron would make it, yeah, at least, he's a music guy, he'd be like, come on, you see the, the quality entertainment that I'm bringing? Right. Uh, but it's okay, they're still good guys. Uh, NewMillenniumNutrients.com, if you want to check their website out, they have a store finder, they have a calculator there that can help you get to uh, where you need to be on uh, your program, depending on your size of your operation, the number of plants, size of the pots, et cetera, et cetera. Um, great nutrient line, very well put together. Uh, this the cannabis that I'm smoking today, grown with New Millennium. Mom loves it. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, she needed a program. We got our organic stuff going too, but it's like she, she really needs that program for the, for the production. And some, you know, if you're doing a, uh, any kind of large-scale growing, it's kind of hard to convince people to, to do no-till these days. I mean, you can, but you really got to change their entire program. So if you're working in any kind of large-scale group or whatever and you want to suggest a really good line, I guarantee that you will not be uh, misguided. You can just start with a couple products. You can start with the Winter Frost. You can start with the, um, with the Fulvic, uh, the Ruby Fulvic, and then that can sort of give you an indicator of the quality of, this, uh, of these products. And... Uh, you probably won't have those in your own line, so that makes it easy. And the Decision is also a great product because that's literally what it sounds like when you're in the point of flipping your plants. You hit them with some Decision, and that really helps them uh, sort of jumpstart into the next uh, range. So you go to NewMillenniumNutrients.com. Uh, if you contact them direct, tell them done deal. I don't know. Again, we don't know what the hell happens when you say done deal a lot of these places, but just annoy them. Get it done. Get her done. Um, also, 
somebody who did show up to the party. Boom. See, now Incredibles gets an incredible extra nice <laughs> intro. Uh, but we did get to see our friends uh, Derek and everybody coming in from there. And, uh, you know, the thing about the guys from Incredibles is that they put together a super quality product. They have a whole new line out now, uh, 1,000 milligram bars if you are a medical patient here in Colorado. Um, I think that's what they're showing. Uh, those are just the hundreds. But they have uh, 100 per piece, so much, much more efficient. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to get fucking type 2 diabetes before you ever get high <laughs> that's the biggest problem with too much absolutely too much sugar and not enough uh totally thc but they also uh grow their own make their own extracts have their own machine to make their own extracts so it's like a you know literally all in-house and uh again you're guaranteed to have top quality when it comes to your pens or your edibles or any of the products from these guys you go to iloveincredibles.com and check their website out also store finder etc um also, what states they're in? They're in all sorts of states now. So, mm-hmm. um, check that out. See if they're close to you or coming close. It's like getting cable back in the day. You know, you're just like, oh, dude, I heard they got cable over there. <laughs> all uh, right, we're two <laughs> blocks away, bro. So, if you're in the right state uh, and you can get yourself some Incredibles extracts, some millennials like you, definitely want to do it. Doesn't know the struggle about the. Oh, they don't know nothing. Yeah, man. Millennials know nothing you don't have of cable? the cable. Str- <laughs> right? It's like now you have you have it on your phone, so it's even more sad. <laughs> Build a soil. Build a soil. Uh, Got to give them shit. They didn't show up. Didn't show up. <laughs> didn't answer. I even <laughs> called them today to kind of double check, see what was going on, what happened. Yeah. But, of course, they're on the western slope, so they have a huge excuse. And it's also planting season, so double excuse. And that was the biggest problem is that most of the people that were coming to our place were starting late. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris the plant, people like that. Sure. And they, uh, you know. The whole crew was in the fucking field, and they were all tired. and didn't show up. So I thought we were going to – I thought our timing was going to be perfect because you should be in the ground by around the 15th, right? But it no. didn't happen. Uh, but what you can do is contact these guys at Build a Soil, get your shit together, hopefully on time. And uh, they have the, just the best selection of, obviously, soil, um, and you can build your own soil. Imagine that. And uh, also they have uh, products like RootWise in-house. Um, they have also uh, IPM products. That are all, uh, you know, very necessary, especially this time of year. You want to prepare yourself and not wait until after you have a problem. You want to get in there early. Um, but you can go to buildasoil.com, check them out on, online, or you can go to 855-877-SOIL. Contact them directly and uh, tell them you want the done deal. Straight up. If you're not going to get nothing, if you're not going to come to the party, you got to at least give me the done deal. That's, right. That's the deal. Um, yeah. Give them a shout and... Uh, if you're really interested in soil and you really want to build your soil properly, you can also go to our next guy, which is WallaceWow.com. Uh, Ron Wallace, Rhode Island native, produces world-class pumpkins every year, uh, stepping into the cannabis sphere now. And, you know, he's really been noticing how much passion we have within our industry. And, you know, that's basically what he is. He's a guy passionate about soil and about soil science. You know, you can talk to him about mycorrhizals all day long. Uh, not everybody can do that. But this guy grows 10-pound pumpk- or 10-pound tomatoes and 2,000-pound pumpkins. So he's somebody you can probably learn something from. So you go to uh, wallacewild.com, contact them. If you want to just do anything, just get their mycorrhizal program because that's pretty much the basis of everything that he's doing because, you know, more root, more fruit, and all those good things. He knows how to do it get in touch with him, tell him you want the done deal. I, I think his is easy. His is like a 15% discount, and he'll throw something, T-shirt or something, if he has any. 
Nice. Yes. And green farms. Green farms. If you're still interested in soil and you've still got more questions and you've got more things you need, and if you happen to live here in Colorado, then greenfarms.co for your uh, all your growing needs, when it, whether it comes from uh, worm castings, which they have, their um, roster worms. They also have their own. They also do buffalo, which they, they are buffalo now. They've taken over, which has been on the show many times. And it's just a super high-quality buffalo compost from here in Colorado. And they also have uh, a shop called Green Farms Feed and Seed, which is located in Louisville uh, near Boulder. And there it's really concentrating on organic farming. So all the products that pretty much everything that's on the show is there. Hmm. Um, so they, it's your one-stop shop for the— They also have a Michigan hemp farm. And they just, yeah, they're just getting that together. Nice. They're really, they're really um, about to explode because a lot of this stuff's been under wraps and we haven't talked about it yet. But yeah, they're they're kind of ah. making some big moves, um, which is, you know, the obvious thing in this industry. I would say everybody's making big moves, right? I haven't seen hardly anybody's making small moves these days. Ooh, and they got um, a new green farm CEO mushrooms, mushroom farming or something. Hundred percent organic mushroom farming right here. Well. Jesus site. Christ, they're on top. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're, they know what's up. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, this is, uh, again, close to our hearts since we're, we're definitely pro-mushroom on this show. Oh, yeah. As you know. Absolutely. <laughs> as you know, coming to my party, you should, you should figure that out. Uh, so, yeah, go to greenfarms.co. It was also um, uh, JW's birthday, too. He was there on the first night. It was uh, his 50th. So we're both rooster rooster brothers. Oh, yeah. I thought I saw him out there. Yeah, he Friday. was on the first yeah, yeah first night. First night yeah. So we are cool. actually rooster brothers. Yeah? Both born in June. He was born on the 11th. I was born on the 15th. Ooh. Same year. Wow. Wow. Exactly. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. And uh, yeah, so definitely check them out. And uh, again, if you're interested in organic stuff, these guys are, are also really into education too, which is part of the whole thing, just trying to help get everyone to figure this message out that we need to grow more organically uh also next on our agenda seeds here now seeds here now bringing us bringing us katsu baba i mean he once again james bean man on the scene making it happen he's at nikan right now in in, in uh, massachusetts we're gonna have him call in pretty soon i mean he should be he should probably call in right when i'm done with this thing we could have actually had him last because that might have been the smart thing to do but it's okay we'll do do him twice how's yeah. that double down we'll double down on the on seeds here now so right now give them a call uh or go online and check out what they've got Best card serve. ordering is back it's back we're finally back to we're, we're back to being normal again you can actually use your credit card mm-hmm. to buy seeds what a great world we live in. Uh, SeedsHereNow.com also has the best in when it comes to guarantees and uh, customer service, all the above. You know, it's uh, also with uh, not only customer service, service to the breeders, because what he does in his his policy is that he will not uh, carry, if you're a breeder and you're using somebody else or you're trying to do somebody else's line, name, whatever it is, if there's any kind of friction, he will go, obviously, with the grower who did it first, or the breeder who did it first. So... You know, if you're trying to come out with something on piggybacking on somebody else's name, he will not allow that to happen. So, but he'll but he'll still sell both of the seeds and make it not not the ones that you're actually you know renaming or whatever. But he'll still work with everybody too. So he's not like he's just a dick and doesn't want to work with you. It's just he won't waste time. Oh, Kushish and Blood Diamonds. Wait a minute, that was <laughs> what the heck is going on? Uh, so there you go. No, no, <laughs> I didn't even. 
I don't even know that one yet. It's amazing. See? What is going on? Yeah, there's all kinds of BOGOs, man. Go hit up ctiernow.com for some uh, buy one, get one deals. Yeah. And I'm jumping. I'm going to be calling them, too. No, just, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But again, we're, we're going to come back to James. At the end, we're going to go run through the um, run through the uh, sponsors right now, and then we'll be back for you, James. We'll have to talk about that that Cushage Blood Diamond Cross there. At least got to get it back, right? Um, I don't think it's a cross. It's a buy one get one. For oh, it's a buy one get one. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it was. I, think I thought you buy it was some Cushage. Oh right? my god, you I was I was a little tripped out there. I was like, what is going on? Oh, it's a buy one get one. I don't yeah, even, I don't even what know is. what Bogo means. That's how buy one get one. Yeah. There we go. Now we know. So I thought it was a whole new seed company. I was like, Bogo Seeds, they're using everybody's shit. Yeah, it looks Jesus like it's Swamp, Christ. Swamp Donkey Seeds is Blood Diamonds. It's that's that's funny. Blood Orange and Cherry Mountain. See, we, maybe we, maybe we, maybe he's created new crosses just by doing that <laughs> without even knowing it. Like People are like, dude, I want that. He's like, shit, we better do it, I guess. <laughs> so um, nice. next on our sponsor list. Treasure. Treasure. Uh, my boy Petey out there in, in Barcelona running things with his uh, shop, Treasure, which you need to go to if you're in the area and you need to obviously walk in the door and go for the done deal straight out of the gate. Say, I need that done deal. Yeah. And then you will be treated like a king. Yeah. It's one of the few places you can go right <laughs> at the beginning and say it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you don't even have to wait till the end and yeah. then get shut down. You actually do it in the beginning and you get something out of it. Amazing. And uh, the best artwork at their spot also. So it's one of those things where. If you uh, want to uh, check out some awesome art and some great weed and good people and good times and nice atmosphere and very good ventilation, right? That's the number one thing in, in Spain is you want proper ventilation. Yeah, totally. Some of those places are like Amsterdam was back in the 90s where you're just like choked out. That's funny. I think about the places that we used to be in. There's like no ventilation. Well, so. it's funny. Whenever we would show up somewhere in Amsterdam, we'd roll like two or three big old joints and start smoking the place out and then they oh, they come and open the door <laughs> next mm-hmm. to us <laughs> because we're smoking it out there it's just funny because it's just a different etiquette i think with the people that live there maybe yeah. or something well yeah they don't puff hard they, they don't puff hard like we do no, no. they're just kind of sipping sipping at it um so yeah treasure you go to go onto their facebook page and uh you can just they're totally googleable when you get there you just hit it and your maps pops up, get a, get a, get your ride there or your Uber or your. Oh, do they have Uber? Do they end up having? Well, it, I think it was my taxi. Mm, I really. keep getting emails from that service. Actually, oh, they're, yeah? they're changing their name or something like that. Do you need a letter? Not now. Okay. Cool. So, treasure, done deal, get it. Ba boom. And there's that's it. Uh, I no. mean, we're gonna do a luminar later. Right? Oh yeah, luminar later. Well, we we'll talk about a luminar. Of course, okay, they boom. they just came back from their show. Um, they did a uh, what did they do that the New Orleans show I think or something like that. There was a there was a Indo Expo there. Mm-hmm. I'll find out. We'll find out oh, when they come on the show later. But there's been a whole bunch of shows. These guys are out there pushing it hard. Um, if you need lighting, uh, any kind of lighting when it comes for growing, contact a luminar. Uh, what is it? What's their website? Illuminarlighting.com. Yes, I don't want to make it wrong. Illuminar Lighting and uh, we have one L. One L in the Illuminar. I always spelled it wrong in the beginning. Me too. Because I like to see the word. When you see ill, it's like, it's ill, bro. Yeah, man. Now it's just ill. <laughs> Illuminar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great quality lighting. Um, we'll talk more about it when we get Scott on the line at the end. Um, hopefully he's listening now and he knows he's got to come on the show because Mario's nowhere to be found. As usual, unless he's on the unless he's on the chat gang, I don't even know. You see Mario there? 
No. No Marios. Not yet. Worked too hard. James Bean's here. Of course. And James Bean's going to come on the line any second now because that's his cue right there. Bubble. James Bean, man on the scene. Where are you? Sure. And then we're going to get our, our, our first guest on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to hit him up too and get him lined up. Oh, it's a little early still. We've got 15 minutes, but whatever. We'll get, we'll get, um, first we'll get James Bean. James Bean, you got yourself a, a, a nice long commercial if you Ba-boom. jump on. If not, no big deal either. We can waste time ourselves. Pretty good at that. Yes. Well, what's this? You're calling or no? No, I'm just, I Getting just have ready. it up mm-hmm. ready for him to uh, come on here. And I'm actually looking for. Um, so where Luminar was last weekend, give me what else? Toronto. Oh, I know. Never mind. Detroit. Sorry. Detroit is, uh, is, uh, that's today. What's going on? Uh, stop by today, tomorrow at booth 1000. Booth. No, he's booth seven today. What actually right now, what James should be calling me about is they are at Nikan. Let me just make sure he's, Oh, you're talking about Caesar now. I was talking about Luminar. I'm sorry. Oh. I was trying to figure out where they were when you were talking about them earlier. Oh, good. What was, what was that? Where were they at? Detroit. Detroit. Oh, back there. At the Kobo Center. And here we go. James Bean, man on the scene. He heard his calling. James Bean, man on the scene. Booth, what, what booth are you on? at? 720? 720, baby. 720. So close, man. You can, almost had 710, right? Who got 710? Losers. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So close, bro. It's like getting 430. You got 430. You're like, yeah, it's close. It's yeah. close. Tell me how the show's going. Um, the show's going great. It, uh, it's all sitting there waiting to happen tomorrow. Oh, it's uh, tomorrow. It's not even today. Oh, I got you. That's yeah, a weekend show. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know now it's going Same good. place? Same, same spot as before or somewhere else? No, this is in Springfield. So oh. I actually flew into Connecticut, Hartford, and drove... Over the border to Springfield. This is like two hours from Boston, so it's a. It's where my mom was. My mom was born in Springfield. Oh yeah, and And she's a thug too. So (laughs) it's tough. Yeah, Springfield ain't no ain't 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 sweet. That's for sure. I didn't know that. Didn't until you got there. You're like, oh, Springfield. I thought this was on. You thought it was The Simpsons or something like that. You were like, dude. (laughs) I thought everything would be with The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And and Kim Dog hooked me up with a really nice hotel at the MGM Grand. So I was like, hey, this is not bad. Hey. But nice. So yes. so uh, so it's two day show Saturday Sunday. Yep. And you guys doing any kind of panels? You guys got any panels going on, or is there speaking arrangements, or what's going on? We do, but it's different. Not like uh, the panels, bring panels. We do. I'm still working in on that. I'm still trying to get my way, you know, uh, to where we do some, some some business with them. But but now they've got other stuff that they're doing for for panels, and it's still a new emerging market. So. Um, where we've done panels in the past, they they kind of are not doing them this this year though. But uh, but no, but still, it's, it's it's good. It's good. It's good to hit the different part of the state. We usually, you know, we've been beating the shit out of Boston, so over here is nice. You get the Connecticut Bowl and the d- other different states. Well, yeah, actually, when I was there last time, it was like quality of the the weed that people had was really high. I mean, I was like impressed as fuck. There was a lot of good no. Weed. <laughs> 100% like like uh, Massachusetts for sure Ken was was putting it out even like it was I would I would even have, for me the winner would have came from Massachusetts like that that Lemon Royale we had last year was fucking nasty wonderful shit I mean it's small boys that, that Kyle's is um, but I mean it's it's definitely neck and neck it's it's a lot closer than a lot of people will think it was for sure 
Well, I think that the the deal is it's like it's kind of like music where, you know, music comes out of shitty places, <laughs> and so the best music because people are like hungry, you know what I mean? Uh, and then same with the with the cannabis. I mean, it seems like like Cali's way too fucking easygoing. You know, you can kind of get away with a lot, but in Massachusetts, it's fucking hard hit. What do you got going on in the background there? I just merged calls with the guy I had cats on the line. So I was like, fuck, you gotta bring him in. But now it sounds like he was listening because I didn't bring him over. So now he's like, now he's got it. Yeah, I'm here. Uh-huh. I'm here. So, oh, that was cool. All right. So, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so I got, uh, I got Katsu on the phone. Um, Katsu came to me about, I don't know, three or four or five, six months ago. Um, I was interested in doing a line. We, we talked. Um, I wasn't sure if it was, you know, the real deal. And so, of course, I would do my, my little investigation. And then I was uh, blessed enough the other night to, they were, I'd say about a month ago, I was like, you know what, Kathy, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call Bubba Crush. Can I hold? And we, I just put you on the phone together. It was one of those kind of like bucket list moments, coffee table type shit that was just, I'm always humbled to be a part of where you can like take Katsu Bubba, who's done his thing with his thing, and then introduce him to Matthew, to Matt Berger Bubba that me and you both know. Um, and kind of have some stories, the melding, and, you know, uh, Bubba Crush was telling him, how, what strain he had used to cross, and, and before he had even told him, Cassie had picked it off. He was like, I want to say there's a Northern Lights in there, and then Bubba was like, wait a minute, and he finished the story, and sure enough, there was, and so it's like, he had, Cassie has like this fucking, like, like a wine kind of source now, as you can tell. So, but without further ado... Let's uh, bring, him, let's bring the man on himself. Let's bring the man on himself. Yeah, he can tell, tell all his own stories and get his own stuff. Not too Bubba. So, Hey, thanks, James, for doing that and getting us together. Because yeah. we actually, we were, I mean, unbeknownst to me, we were supposed to have this show on the 11th of June because I looked back on my phone and I was all, oh, yeah, that's the last time. So that wasn't even that long ago. So it's good that we could get this thing nip, nipped in the bud, literally, but before, you get, yeah. before you're and, out there. And it, works out, and it works out even better because we actually got his uh, gear in-house ready to go. And so you can buy uh, his two current strains on my site right now uh, under 100 bucks. And so you can get those uh, shipped out there to you. So, um, you know, on the 11th, they weren't they weren't ready. So now they are. There you go. All right, Mr. Cool. All right, Katsu. All right, Mr. Uh, is it, no, so I want to know, is it Mr. Katsu, or do we want to know it just as Katsu? Oh, oh please. It's <laughs> just Katsu. And it's uh, Katsu Bluebird, not Katsu Bubba. Katsu Bubba is what they gave the name of the strain. Gotcha. Um, I, I, I sent it out to a bunch of people as Bubba Kush. And I guess I sent it out to so many people and eventually it just, they attached Katsu to it to, to distinguish it from whatever else they were getting. It was also called Bubba Kush. Sure. And what year was that? Um, like I, I got it, I think in 2001, I bought it from a dude that was on the forums. I was, I was growing from seeds and I learned about clones. And I asked somebody, I'm like, well, how do you get clones? And they're like, you got to know somebody. I'm like, well, how, how the fuck am I going to know somebody? They're all on these forums. But uh, this guy came up on the forums and he was bragging about this cut called Bubba Kush that was killing it in L.A. And he was going to sell it to one person, pretty much sight unseen for 500 bucks. And I grabbed it. And uh, what I got was about a foot and a half indica. Uh, it's hard to call it a cut. It wasn't a cut. It was like a full-grown plant, practically in a box, and uh, it, it was awesome. Not not a great yielder, but uh, one of the best indica highs and in tastes I've ever had. 
and uh, I shared it with a bunch of people that were on the forums, and uh, pretty much the only restriction on it was that they uh, had to send it to at least five people, and those people had to do the same thing. And I don't know, I had this whole Johnny Appleseed thing going on in my head because it was so hard to get good weed. I'd go to different places, and nobody had good weed, and they'd bring out the best that they could get. And it was just such crap. And when I got the bub, I'm like, man, everybody needs to have this. So I just I shared it with everybody. I probably sent it out over a few-year period to at least 150 people, and I know they shared it liberally i know it was breeded extensively mm -hmm. um and uh that just makes me so happy and i didn't i didn't grow for almost 10 years and i was able to get it back and you know you can't say that about a lot of cuts and i think that uh you know that was kind of one of the purposes when i sent it out that it was going to be available and uh it yeah it's uh it's it's an awesome, awesome strain. And uh, I just recently met the actual Bubba and never knew what, what was true and what wasn't. And uh, I heard he might actually be on the show to tell his story, but uh, it's kind of cool. To yeah, well, yeah, we'll bring him in. We'll bring him in later. We'll bring him in later. But uh, I want to talk about your sort of, because now we, we, under, we, I mean, that's kind of what I said at the beginning of the show was that I think the best thing you ever did was, give it out to enough people so that you, you know, you kind of, A, you, you know, gave it, a, you actually gave it probably more of a name than, than even Bubba himself, just because, you know, they were just at that point, I don't think you, people would have heard of it as much, you know, because it was one of those strains that was, again, like you said, like a lower yielder, but still real good. And so for a lot of people, it might not have made the cut, you know what I mean? They might've just been like, no, they want the biggest, most ridiculous, cause it, you know, of course it was more, a lot of it, it depends on what kind of a grower it is. If it's a yeah, a lot of a lot of these guys on the forums, they were just like you know they grew for themselves. They couldn't get good weed, mm -hmm. and you know it, when you're growing for yourself, I mean, well, Bubba might be an exception because it's not a great yielder, but yield usually isn't an issue when it's just for you. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, that, and I ended up like because of this and because I shared the Bubba, I like. Got got a karma karma boomerang, and ended up like over the course of a couple of years having a, a an elite clone collection that was pretty legendary. Yeah, like just just about anything that was out there, I had or had access to to the point where I just had to turn stuff away. Yeah, it's it's hard. Um, I mean, that's the hardest part about like trying to keep numbers around too, because it's like. If you're not, unless you're running, when you're running things, it's easy because it's all healthy and you keep moving ahead. But when you get like, uh, you know, 40 different strains and you're only really able to run X amount at a time, you can end up with issues uh, along the way. Why did you stop for 10 years? Was it, was it, um, obviously, I don't think voluntary, right? Well, well, it was actually entirely voluntary. Okay. Um, I, I never, I was, I've never been involved in the cannabis industry in any sort of, commercial way i tell people like i never sold a seed or a nugget or anything i think the, these seeds are the first money i've ever made in this industry but uh I, I always had my own thing going and i had a bunch of small kids and i moved and i just didn't have a place where i felt that it was secure and you know the times were different then mm -hmm. and 
my, my, my location wasn't cannabis friendly. So I just stopped for a while and, uh, you know, I, I missed it. I, <laughs> I missed it something dearly, but, uh, yeah, for the last, I guess it's been about three years. I've been growing again. It's been awesome. Yeah. Cause it's like one of those things where, you know, I've only, only recently, like at my house in town here in Denver, I don't have anything going on because I have another place, with my, but at the same time, every other time since, yeah, since I was 19, I've had a grow in my house and it's not been legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's always been like under that pressure for so long that you just kind of almost felt more comfortable with it than didn't know what you were doing with, you know, <laughs> without having one. But did you, uh, how did you, uh, did you have good, you had obviously good contacts for weed at that time, or did people, did you buy your own, did you buy your own Bubba off of people ever in the in the past when you weren't growing? Yeah, I, I I have actually never had any Bubba from anybody that I thought was properly done. Now, I, I've never actually received Bubba from friends. It's like you know, usually it's your friends. It, it looks so good at seven weeks that I suspect that if you're a commercial grower you're probably very tempted to take it down at seven or eight. But I mean, for such a skimpy yielder, mm-hmm. you, you really want top shelf legendary buds. And to get that, you need to take it 10 weeks. Right. And it doesn't get a lot bigger. It gets a little bit bigger over those three weeks, but the flavor and the high is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Just so good. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people just, don't wait. I, the- I literally, I was gonna say a lot sorry, of people. I was gonna say a lot of people don't wait long enough for almost every strain. You know, there's most strains could go that extra week, almost. Well, exclu- it's you know. it's hard to tell without experimenting. I tell you know people tell me you know you gotta look at look you know through the scope the trichomes. I'm like, actually, you just gotta taste it. Like first one you grow, take part of it down. You know, eight weeks, part of it down at nine, part of it down at ten, let the rest go eleven. See what the difference is. And, mm. and, Decide for yourself what you like. I think. Yeah, no, that's, me, that's, a, me, that's but, a good but, idea. I know people. I know some people that take it eleven and, and more, but for me, it's perfect at time. Yeah, and what was your so back in the day when you were when you were growing in the beginning before you stopped? Let's say, um, were you like using GH like kind of everybody at the time, or were, were, were did you have any kind of? Were we doing any kind of like? Lucas formula or some some, some ancient uh, technique, or did you have uh, your own? You, you, you know, I was I was on the forum, and there was all these mad scientists that were posting pictures of different do-it-yourself, you know, hydro, you know, deep water culture, recirculating deep water culture. Um, I played I played around with it all. Um, I think for the most part, I found soil just really simple and consistently good not necessarily the best yielding but the best tasting yeah yeah we i think we all agree on that but it's funny because um, i do miss i do miss like the massive growth you can get sometimes when you're just doing like dwc or or even like aeroponics and things when you're just like holy shit you know three inches in a day like, but but it's also like wimpy you know what i mean it doesn't really have the same substance as a well-grown that's that's my whole thing i just want plants that can survive a fucking blackout or something because that was that's the worst you know uh right 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 yeah i don't i i like those uh 
manual timers where you push the little buttons down because they're just so much easier to correct when there's a screw-up power outage or anything. You spin the dial a little bit, get it to the right time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it, 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 the, I mean, it's amazing how complicated we can make it sometimes. Uh, you know, on bigger grows, you kind of understand it all because you have to really crank it out and it's like you can't really like take your time and, and pull things in and out and stuff. So it's like much easier when you're, when you're doing large scale stuff, but when it comes to personal and growing for yourself and things, there's absolutely really no reason to grow hydro besides, unless you're just that guy who wants to tinker all day long, you know, cause that's kind of where it comes down to you. You take Yeah. Care. For, for about, for about seven or eight years, I was that guy. Like I just wanted to try everything. Oh yeah. I think we, I think most of us, I, I literally like remember, looking in my backyard of my this house and I'd moved like three times in Amsterdam and I had multiple systems that I just couldn't throw away, even though I probably knew I was never going to use them again. It was just like tubes and pipes and I had like, you know, tons of hydro and things. And at the end, you just like looked at all that stuff and you're like, really, it's just like, you know, it's great when you first get it, but nobody wants to clean it properly and it ends up turning into, you know, just a big more mess for the earth, really. Yeah, I think I think if I was ever going to do anything other than soil, it would have to be something that uh, sort of somewhat maintained itself. Have you ever seen the the bio buckets? Yeah, yeah, they're, those are good. Those are actually yeah. those are actually pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's the thing is you can. The whole key is that the less you do, the probably the better off for the plants it is. You know, because we tend to overdo everything <laughs> for the most part. Oh yeah. I remember when I first first uh, found the forums and stuff and discovered the online hydro stores. Like I, I bought like every supplement there was, and I was adding all this shit, and it was it was crazy. I think I practically killed my crops. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very it's yeah, very you, easy to go like, uh, especially if you're in, like when in the beginning. Also, I didn't understand how different like hydro and salt based things were from organic and how you just like wiping out populations the minute you introduce salt into your into your program you know and the problem was in holland there's only like one company really which is biobiz that's 100 percent organic but they only had like three products you know what i mean they had a the the, the grow the flower and then a, a thing called algamec or whatever and it was that was it so it was like you felt like you were not you know not doing anything almost which was like for some reason at that point i thought it was a bad thing you know i wanted to manipulate the whole time and so then you end up adding the you know one or two products unbeknownst and that's your first lesson right there you're like well that didn't work out <laughs> that's a mistake so now you're pretty much organic growing uh, or you're still using some sort of products product lines i'm 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 mostly organic i'm trying to be as organic as possible um I think the the thing that lately uh, has really helped out my garden the most is I've been paying a lot more attention to the root system, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been using some uh, uh, of the extreme gardening products, the uh, the Azos and the Mycos, and yep. I've seen significant improvement in the entire plant structure and. You know, I, I guess it's supposed to help with the nutrient absorption. I don't really, you know, I'm not a scientist, but when I look at the root balls, when I'm transplanting them into bigger pots, it's just really impressive. Are you using uh, fabric pots or using hard pots? What's your kind of spell? What's your sort of? Fabric. 
Yeah. I mean, it's... I need and, plastic and you, and you, bags forever. Really? But uh, <laughs> I've pretty much transitioned to, to fabric. The five-gallon grow bags you're talking about, or...? Uh, one gallon, three gallon, five gallons. Yeah, yeah. like packs of them everywhere for a long time. Yeah, I mean it's like they're 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 good in a pinch, and they're good when you when you you know you want to keep your sort of minimum like weight as far as moving in and out of places. But I always found like they would fold in, and the roots get inside the fold, and then all of a sudden when you're trying to transplant, you're just like ripping off chunks. You know what I mean? It was always ne- never as clean of a of a transplant, even even when you cut it and tried it to be all de- yeah, delicate. I mean it, it's such a, it's such a chicken shit solution. I don't know why it took me so long to switch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and what size what size you're going? So now that you're doing bigger than that now, or are you going still kind of small on the small? No, no. Um, I mean, I, I'm hope I'm hoping at some point I've got a I've got a few seed runs that I've got to do, and that's going to take up most of the space. But I'm hoping when that's done, I'll be able to uh, do some uh, showcase grows of a few phenos mm-hmm. of some stuff I've been working on with the bubble crosses. Um, in substantially larger containers in, you know, like in a four by four by themselves. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice when you get, I mean, you let them run a little bit, even if, even, I mean, indoors is obviously never as, as dynamic as doing it outdoor. You have, you, do you do any like greenhouse or outdoor? Have you done any in the past or just strictly it, indoor? It, no, no, that's, that's, that's pretty much my dream. My dream is to be able to have like uh, a greenhouse next to a dispensary where I can kind of uh, do the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's and it's uh, you know it's, I think it's the first you pretty much know from your from your veg if you're going to be doing good or not. You know, I mean, if your veg is it's amazing how you no matter what, even if you you know like you pretty much know internally like you you, you might want to like push something through like you see a plant that's not so healthy and then you put it in anyway and then at the end it pretty much comes out like shit. <laughs> Usually, there's the, very rarely do they turn around you know what i mean and go oh wow thanks you know yeah i got i got a hard time calling i really do oh yeah like i feel i feel sad for those twisted runty things and they'll usually get a small plot pot in the corner just to see what it looks like yeah that is the that is the the lesson i've told people on the show where my mom She's the murderer, you know. She'd come in and just be like, "Murder, <laughs> like take it out," you know. What I mean, anything. I'd be like, "Whoa, I want to give it." I'm trying to. I'm. I'm like you. I, I try to coddle too much sometimes because I think everything's got potential, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely need to be a little bit more bloodthirsty. I'm trying. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, as far as breed, when you're growing, I mean, yeah. Sometimes it's you know, it is nice to. It's a good feeling when you turn a plant around. You know, what I mean, when you have something that looks real shit, and then you kind of give it some love, and all of a sudden it's it's bouncing out, and it's a good feeling, right? But when you're breeding, yeah. it's kind of like you want to really be a little extra uh, extra hard because you don't want things that are that are going to do that for the next guy. You know what I mean? Because the next guy might not be so so coddling, and he paid money for it. You know, so it's. It always yeah, changes, absolutely. changes the game, I guess. And so, um, wh- what are you going to be offering as far as uh, crosses that you're starting off on your first round with? Well, right right now, I had a very limited amount of uh, the Bubba Kush S ones. Um, they might already be sold out. And then, in addition to that, I have a Sour Bubba, which is uh, the East Coast Sour Diesel clone. Cross with Bubba, and I also have uh, a strain I called Dracaris for those of you that are Game of Thrones fans. 
Um, that's a cross of Gorilla Glue 4 and the Baba. Really what I was looking for with that was uh, the Gorilla Glue 4 was so good for squishing rosin mm-hmm. in terms of uh, production. And I, I'm not, I, I like the Gorilla Glue 4, but I was just tired of the flavor. And I love the Bubba flavor. And I was looking for that to sort of cross over. And I grew a few out almost a year ago. And it, it was really good. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I mean, Gorilla Glue's got a great structure. It's it, one of those. It's one of those plants that it's kind of like how I mean, it's it's not like um, I'm not going to say it's like Blue Dream, but it's in the sense that you can grow. A guy who has never grown in his life can grow it, and all of a sudden just crush. You know what I mean? You're like, well, good job, you know. But it's also because that plant is inherently easy, pretty easy to grow, you know. Um, whereas so Bub is kind of the opposite, <laughs> where it's not. You know, people get all fucked up with it because they think they're going to make it produce more than it does and it just doesn't right so um, yeah it's, it's how is the it's, it's definitely how is the yield improvement no just how is the yield improvement on i mean did you end up getting like things i re- mean it's something like really glue for but a significantly better yielder uh-huh. i only grew out a few females but i i was very satisfied with the results um i'm, I'm i think i'm going to be hard pressed to get any huge yielders, maybe in select females with the crosses I've done. But the general idea was to do something that was going to be more appealable, more appealing to the masses of people who are growing. Because, like, honestly, I had a lot of space and I I couldn't grow enough Bubba to keep up with my own consumption. And uh, as, much, as much as I loved it, I always grew other stuff because I would just tear through it too quickly. You know, it's, uh, my friends would come over. That's all they'd want to smoke. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the the goal with it was not only just to preserve it with some S1 so people can play around with it, but uh, um, also to try to cross it with some stuff that, that would either blend really nicely with it or um, significantly improve the yield without taking away from that narcotic indica high. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the one thing that's cool about Bubba, the one thing that's cool about Bubba too, is it has such a distinctive um, calyx shape. You know what I mean? And it's such a obvious. When you, how did you find the dominance or recessiveness of it in the crosses? Did you find it? It was like looking like or tasting like more, or is it a combo of all the above? Or like how's almost it? every almost everything I've crossed it with has been Bubba dominant. She's, I mean, it's really a beast of a plant in terms of its genetic dominance. Mm-hmm. But um, the East Coast Sour Diesel, I thought, put up a pretty good fight with the, those gassy terps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 how is the color? On those, not, how, how is the color combination on those? Did it lose? Did it stick with the purple hard, or did it, did that did that ever kind of back down? And I, I didn't. I didn't see any purpling. Um, I only saw it in, in the bottom of purpling late late in flower mm-hmm. like nine nine ten weeks um not a lot just a little bit it was just like a hint of purple if you let it go like all the way to 10 it would start darkening up significantly right um and the crosses but, uh, did the same thing no, oh, and and the and the crosses were kind of doing the same thing i i, ha- I haven't seen any purpling yet Hmm, but okay. the, the leaf structure tends, tends to be that fat indica leaf. 
Well, you know, um, and, and that, and, and, and in a way, that's not a bad thing though, because a lot of people, you know, because they've had, because the thing is, purples are kind of purple plants in general. Just hard to find the one that really has the right balance between being cool looking and having still flavor and kind of balance between the two. Whereas, you know, the because the purple that that purplish flavor is pretty dominant, and it's also not necessarily like unique in itself or whatever. But then you get occasionally you get some that pops through. So maybe you know people might it'd be hard for them to identify it maybe visually right out of the gate. But it, does it still have that real like the density factor? Because I mean that's the other thing too about the 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 bubba in general. Small, is it's, it's small rock hard buds. Right. Well, that's pretty much the same then. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was. Um, let's see, tests, tests or crosses. I have uh, a cut of uh, Bodie's Band-Aid Haze. It's the number seven that Doc Greenstone uh, did the Phoenix selection for. Um, I've never had the New York City PIF, but I understand that the goal of the Pheno hunt was to find something similar, and they were satisfied with their results. Um, I just grew it out and smoked it for the first time myself. I'm not normally a big sativa fan, but uh, I, had a, I had a meeting in LA. I had to drive back the same day. It was a fairly substantial amount of driving. I didn't want to do the indica, so I squished it and brought it to the meeting as well. And it was just amazing, such a soaring high, not tiring. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, everything that people talk about with sativas, I thought it really delivered. And uh, some of my favorite strains are straight up indicas crossed with straight up sativas. I think you find some really interesting hybrids. And then, you know, I've got a bunch of those Band-Aid Haze 7 and Bubba crosses that are growing out. I gave a bunch of them away for freebies. Um, nice. I think there's going to be some amazing phenos in there. So, um, so I crossed it with a key. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So when you said when you said you squished it earlier, so you're you're doing you're making your own rosin from it uh, from bubble or? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I guess at this point I'm legitimately old and kind of old school. Um, I really like the idea of concentrates, but I found that all the pens and all the stuff that people were giving me to try, like I would taste it, it tasted like I was inhaling perfume or aerosol. I don't even know how to describe it, and for the most part, really unsatisfying i'm sure there's lots of products that aren't that way i don't want to i don't want to shit talk everybody's concentrates but i was just looking for something that was easy that i could make myself and i read about rosin presses i ordered some plates from uh this guy in colorado low temp plates he's actually uh a sponsor of mine now nice. um i got i got a set of rosin plates bought a Harbor Freight press. It was like a hundred bucks. The plates were like, I don't know, three fifty or four. And I was off to the races and I squished a bud and I couldn't believe how good it was. It was all the essence of the weed without, you know, any, any of the crap, none of the smoke, like all the flavor was still there. So yeah, I've been squishing pretty much exclusively almost ever since. I'll still smoke an occasional joint, but I really like the rosin. Ah, so you're not that old then. If you're really old, you just say you only smoke flour. Just like the guy who just jumped on the line, he's probably only smoking flour these days. And pens. <laughs> pens because they're so convenient. 
pretty, pretty true. Yeah. Pretty hey, 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 hey. Welcome, totally. welcome to the conversation, <laughs> Mr. Bubba. So, so How now we can... Are How are you guys? What's good. up? Good, good. So we can reenact. We can reenact the uh, meeting you guys had the other day, pretty much. Uh, once Crazy, we get huh? historical. <laughs> so, so tell us how that. I mean, obviously, we know James Bean was the man, but tell us uh, how, how it Yeah, tell us how the meeting went down. Um, you know, I've been talking to other breeders to, uh, you know, get the Bubba Kush brand going and do collaborations with. And uh, I was speaking to Mr. Bean, and he told me that he recently connected with Katsu, who I've been wanting to meet forever. Um, he was, you know, pretty much a mystery. And that ever since 2008, 2009, when I had uh, started the dispensary, uh, people were always asking me, what's the difference between the Katsu cut and the pre-98? And I was always like, I don't know. I see no difference, but I'd, I'd love to meet this guy. And here we go, eight, nine years later. Nice. And then did you realize that it was just, it was pretty much the same thing, but just done well? or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, every, the, I do believe that strains uh, change a little bit from grower to grower after years and years of doing the same stuff to it. Um, so everybody's bubble kush is going to kind of look a little different, but no, it was, it smelled the same and looked the same. I was very, uh, I was happy to see that it came back full circle. Uh, that was when I was in Colorado too. So it was, you know, it was uh surprising anyway. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that, uh, it was a great meeting. It was a great meeting. Perfect. Um, who brought, I, I, I'm not. I can't say with any degree of certainty, but I don't believe they're exactly the same thing, although they're clearly very closely related. Uh, the cut the cut that I sent out to everybody back in 2000 didn't, it wasn't uh, as branchy as what everybody refers to as the pre-98. Um, I got the pre-98 uh, a couple of times. Again, look, recently and uh it 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 looks very very similar but uh i i think it probably breeds a little bit better than the katsu bubba in terms of being vigorous which isn't saying a lot um however i found that the katsu had a little bit more high and turf profile like if you're if you're really you know, exclusive head stash, I think that would probably be slightly more favorable, but not favorable to most people. I'd be, I mean, it'd be interesting because one of those things uh, is I, like, we know like with sour diesel, for instance, and a lot of other strains like regular OG, all those things, it takes a lot to get really close, even though if people think it's easy, it's like, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. Well, how, like you I get, get like 80, 80% there or something, but what's that? I did the Bubba Kush in uh, 98. So by 2000, there couldn't have been, you know, we started it in 97, but people really probably weren't getting it till 98. And then, you know, within two years, I don't know how much genetic uh, difference uh, or variation there could have been. I think somebody might have gotten it to Oregon Kid. 
and I think Oregon kid might have played around with it before he passed out stuff that may not have been what he received. Because um, I got it from a dude uh, whose whose name at the time was Green Crack Man. Um, he never showed up on the boards again after the transaction, but uh, I heard through the grapevine that he might have gotten it from Oregon Kid and that Oregon Kid might have given him something different than what he gave to... Um, I, I, I don't know if you asked him. Sure, I, but, I, am in, I but, am in contact with him. I'll, I'll definitely ask him. It'd be interesting. Yeah, you should ask him. Find out. Uh, he, could probably, he could probably clarify that for you. But uh, I, I was thrilled to get the actual origin of the Bubba. You should share that. Oh, who, me? Yeah, you. Uh, oh, 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 I didn't know. <laughs> um, I'm fucking stoned. Um, the origins of the Bubba, well, it's Northern Lights. Uh, came from Seed. Uh, my buddies uh, all went to Tulane. A good amount of them went to Tulane. And one of their frat brothers, Fat Larry, he kept all his weed from Northern Cal and he collected seeds over the time. And he gave me a bag of seeds that were Northern lights. Um, and I popped those and, you know, did my pitch and kept the one that was the best. I was growing under one light in a small room in college. Um, so, uh, I popped those seeds and it was, uh, it was told to me that it was Northern lights. Number five, uh, we ended up calling it Bubba, and I grew that alongside uh, the OG Kush. Back then, we just called it Kush, um, and I grew those for quite a few years. And then when I brought my cuts out to L.A., uh, the Kush hermaphrodite pollinated the Bubba, and uh, a couple. Uh, well, I, I gave a bag of. Uh, I sold a bag to Be Real and from Cypress Hill and his boy Kenji called me up and said, Hey, we found a seed in your bag. And he brought them back to us and we, me and uh, Josh D popped them. And that was the start of the Bubba Kush. It's always, it's always a fuck up like that, right? So it's always somewhere along the way. It's like a complete fuck up. And you're uh, like, Oh, well something good came out of that at least, you know? Well, you know, Katsu said something that, to me that, you know, it makes sense totally. If you have uh, two kick-ass plants and you marry them together, chances are you're going to have kick-ass kids. You know, if, your kid, if you're a great baseball player, chances are your kid's going to be athletic or probably a good baseball player, too. I think, uh, you know, plants uh, have that genetic ability. If you have two racehorses, you're going to have a racehorse. Yeah, well, at least uh, at least you have a, a decent chance. If, if you throw a donkey in there, it's probably going to fuck up the mix, you know. But <laughs> so that was the f- so, uh, and then um, I mean, there's what we were talking about earlier though, as far as like two years. In two years, you, a plant can change quite a lot, as far as uh, the, like what I was saying earlier is that you maybe you know like anything, it can be just the, the health of the plant and the people who grew it did such a good job that they actually kind of have the best version of, you know what I mean? Cause I, there's a lot of, you can, you can screw a lot of things up, you know, along the way. And oh, yeah. some of those are permanent because <laughs> of epigenetics. Some of those things might, you know, go generation after, you know, you can cause literally damage that can go on for the next couple generations. So, um, 
maybe maybe yeah, the, the fact, one thing maybe the fact that uh, he, our guy here Katsu is a good, great grower that he you know nailed it each time and just and also you know people say that you have a lot of genetic uh, um, drift and derivation after many years but I mean the Kush still grows the exact same it did for twenty seven years now shit I can't do math but yeah, it hasn't changed at all. Yeah, and a lot of those things come in waves, you know what I mean? Like, they'll they'll maybe go downhill because somebody's not on point, but at a certain point, those plants also kind of figure it out. Like, as long as they're, you know, kept alive and they're generational after each other, they, they basically start to, you know, pull out of it on their own. Cause I do notice that the Kush does weird things, you know, like it grows uh, funky numbered leaves and single fingers occasionally or mm-hmm. you'll, you'll get weird stuff happening mm-hmm. but uh that's just because it's such a temperamental plant how about you katsu you get any kind of any kind of long term from hanging under the same thing for so long you ever have any issues um i i actually didn't hang on to it for so long oh, yeah, I, I know you lost it for 10 yeah, you did, and, yeah exactly you, you let someone else yeah, take care and just but uh you know i I always tell people like there's a lot of karma in the world. I shared a lot of genetics a long time ago and a lot of these old heads are still around. A lot of them never really did anything other than just collect a handful of clones and grow them forever. And I was able to track down pretty much everything I really wanted to start with. And, uh, you know, that's, you can only do that if you share stuff, you know, stingy and you hold your shit. It's, you know, something bad happens and then it's just gone. And that's it. And you can cry about it, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I can't count the number of strains I've lost. Yeah. Um, and I, I get I get why people want to hold on to certain shit, but, uh, like, I, I never sold anything before. I really, you know, I sent out a lot of cuts, but that's not a really an efficient way to distribute genetics. Seeds is very appealing to me and uh you know i'm getting older i figured if i could make a living off of doing this that that would be a great way for me to retire and uh you know uh you, you can get seeds to a lot of people mm-hmm. and uh I, I i'm not i'm not a breeder i'm not some guy who's taking hay from you know the desert of afghanistan and bringing it here and inline breeding it for, you know, 15 generations to get it to stabilize and stop herming and, you know, show, truly express all of its potential. That's not me. I mean, I, I, I was a collector of, you know, the best of the best of whatever I could find, whether it was a steed or whether it was a clone. And I've got a lot of really old genetics. I've got a lot of elite clones. And uh, I'm hoping to take some of the old genetics back to to a lab and uh, do some embryonic rescue, so I have some decent pop rate on those, and uh, just bring back some stuff that's different. And uh, you know, I don't want I don't want to talk smack about all these dessert strains, but I'm it was never really my thing. Like every once in a while, I'd run across a fruity strain or something that I thought was really awesome. Nebu's Jackie Orange comes to mind. It's Jacqueline Orange was just sensational like just a hard nugget indica with great orange terps like you know after you tasted that you would throw away calio i'm with you i don't like the fruity strains either except i I do 
I do like uh, the lemon strains, but anything blueberry I mean, or fruity pebbles stuff, I, I don't, I don't know. I like the more funky stuff. And, and part of it, part of it might just be some flavor association too, because a lot of times, for me, a fact is everything. Like I want, I want the weed to do what it's supposed to do. Yeah. And a lot of it just kind of falls short and flat, and it's just not interesting. You know, and it's always been that way. Yeah, I think of the, but, I think of things that like uh, smell like they taste, and they were, and they you know you, you eat any part. Like if you take a little tiny piece of a stem, or you take a piece of any part of the plant, and then you're like, it all tastes the same. You know, that's those are the ones I like. The when when they're like smell good, but they have a kind of a rough taste, or the other way around, there's no point. You know, I mean, there has to be kind of a full yeah. full, full flavor. I mean, my my favorite strains have always been like either really skunky or gassy or chemi or you know that that kush flavor something something dank and when i associate in my head with weed um i mean the jackie orange passed passed the test just because it was so dank and so good and it had the orange flavor which was nice but uh you know i find a lot of the the strains that i'm tasting and trying just lack punch Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess for a lot of people, it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> not everybody smokes like I smoke. You <laughs> know, pretty fucking hardcore. So, you know, I, I, need so, I need a sledgehammer before I feel something. Right. So, you know, that, that's pretty much the way my whole collection's always been based. Like, if it doesn't knock me on my ass, it's just not staying in the garden. I'm not interested. I'm not about subtle. Well, that's good. I mean, that's... Blunt, 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 blunt force trauma. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing that's that that's a lot of times you know like when i was living in amsterdam it was like just the fact that all the dutch guys mixed it with tobacco just put them in like the back seat you know what i mean i was just like what come on now and so like working at a shop where every single person smoked with tobacco there was nobody there that had a palate to, to even tell what weed what good weed was you know what i mean i'd be like come on guy, you, can't, you don't taste that they'd be like Ugh, you know and i think it's, and then you it's, showed it's up awful. with the OG. <laughs> exactly. Then I showed up with some OGs <laughs> and some sours, and then, then that was the, the that was the end of it. There, you know, all of a sudden, yeah. everyone realized. Every, every time I every time I went to Amsterdam, I'd always forget that they fucking roll with tobacco, and I'd be sitting at uh, you know a coffee shop. Somebody'd pass me a joint. I'd take a hit, and it was just like, oh, it's so bad. It is. It's horrible. I ruined the flavor of good quality ganja. Yeah, I always say no when I'm there. I mean, but, living there the whole time, I'd be like, never take it. Otherwise, uh, you know, guaranteed. They just go, oh, no, no, just a little bit. You know, I was like, well, that's, that's the same as a lot of it. It doesn't matter. But, but I got to say, it's fun to see their face when, when they get it in reverse and I'm passing them one of my joints. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, ah, oh, that's the flavor I'm missing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, what? There's no tobacco in here. I'm like, fuck no. So, um, besides, besides joints, besides uh, doing dabs, I guess, of so you just do dabs of rosin, you're not into any kind of BHO or anything along those lines, it sounds like. Um, no, I really, I, I just wanted to keep it clean and simple and something I could do myself. Um, I'm not a handy person. I figured anything high tech would end up as, you know, some sort of explosion and me in a hospital. 
Yeah, I mean it's interesting, but it's also one of those things where when you when you're you know when you're doing it yourself and you're not paying attention and you're not really doing it the right way, you're you know you're putting everybody at risk. So it's kind of it's kind of nice when people. I mean, Rosin definitely made it possible for people to make. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want I didn't want to see the post that like started off. Did you hear about cats? Or, so I needed something <laughs> a little safe. Right. Hey, you know, a man's got to know his limitations. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, way beyond I've known a lot. I've known a lot plus, of people. Plus, who get just trusting. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say I know a lot of people that have blown up their houses. Yeah, it's not a badge of honor, is it, at that point? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, press, pressing just seems so clean. You know, it's heat, it's pressure, and that's it. Well, and, and the other cool part is, is like, like I, I like things like that that quantify what you're doing. So when you know, when you, when you actually press something and you see the, the quality and the yield that you get off of it, you can really judge the flower and, and the the plant better you know what i mean because you can see a lot more what comes out in the wash you know it's the same with bubble hash it was like back in the day it was nice to see oh well this thing fills this green you know you you want the one that nails the 73 and the 90 every time right but sometimes you get other, uh, other strains that all the weights and the fucking other numbers and you're like well that sucks <laughs> it's like remember uh remember fuji's bubble hash uh, it was like full melt bubble hash uh it's you all can make really nice bubble hash yeah, well, but, I mean, yeah, you really get that full flavor expression too. Like you can tell what what it should taste like in flour if you've done it right. Right, and and now it's like a bonus because before, you know, you 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 do it all and you really end up smoking only those those two screens and the rest you were kind of like stuck with or you know give it you give it to other people whatever. But for the most part, it was kind of like you took out the cream every time. You know what I mean? So now at least you can like. <laughs> I, I don't feel so bad putting it a bunch back together and actually getting, you know, another product out of that. So it makes it, it makes it like a win-win, I guess. Then, uh, so you guys were, when you had your meeting the other day, it was about um, doing stuff with, uh, together, and then, uh, was that going to be like yeah. dis- dispensaries yeah. uh, in multiple states or where? Because we don't know what you're up to, man. You're, uh, you're all over the place. Yeah, no, I, I like to keep quiet until, uh, you know, and then launch big. So, um, yeah, keeping a lot of it quiet. But, yeah, I definitely foresee a history with uh, with Katsu and I. Uh, I mean, who it's historical, and who better to do stuff with than somebody that's given so many of his years of uh, love and dedication to, you know, one strain. It's really an honor to meet him. Like I said, people have been asking me about him for years, and uh, I'm just I'm honored that uh, he's interested in doing a collab with me. Yeah, and I was saying uh, earlier. I, I, I could, uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say I couldn't I couldn't be happier to meet the, the actual Baba and be able to work for the guy who actually brought it to the table. You know, it's very cool. Yeah, there was a lot of love at the table. Yeah, and I was going to say you 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 got a lot of you got a lot of uh, advertising you got a lot of advertising out of out of Katsu huh, over the years. I mean, he definitely was one of your main pro- proponents, I'd say, out there making it real for people, huh? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was like the you know Josh D of the OG Kush. Yeah, and. Uh, 
exactly and and i think at the end of the day it's also like it's either it's either you're just on point and you've got it held held down 100 percent for for all these years or you do exactly what he did and spread it out to the right people yeah no i'm not mad at all i i love it very happy with uh you know the history that he's brought to the strain yeah. And what he yeah. and, and the future and the future history that we'll make together. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll be nice to work to work with Baba. It's uh, you know I, pe- people used to speculate about you know what was Baba Kush, and I think because of the name, a lot of people would speculate that it was Bubblegum. Oh yes, yeah. no, I had so many people tell and me that too. Bubblegum Master I, Kush. I, I, grew, I grew I grew out your Bubblegum. And I was like, no, no fucking way. And I can't even imagine this crossing anything to make that. Right. And Cassie uh, nailed it. He, he knew exactly what it was. He said, "There's no." Yeah, I always suspected it was there. Northern Lights. So the growth, the growth is uh, very Northern Lights esque, and there's definitely some flavor profiles that are similar. I always tell people I can never compare a weed to something that's not weed, but I can compare all kinds of weed to every other weed. I've got a crop of the shram that I'm doing. And to me, the shram has a turf profile that smells very similar to the original train wreck and also very similar to your sage. I was going to say it's a terpene, high terpenoline strain is what it is, and that and that's yeah. you get a, and and that's the funny thing is that those, oops, sorry those all cross over in this weird spot. You know what I mean? Like some of them a little higher, some of them a little lower, but they all have this similar line that they that they're pulling, which was unique at certain points, and then it goes away and comes back and goes away and comes back. <laughs> it's like one of those things. It's never consistent, you know. Yeah, I'm 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 super excited to be working with Shawn. Um, I've, I've I've never had her before, but uh, she was pretty much a legendary clone-only strain. It was sort of handed around in a small group of people, and it, I mean, when something's handed around to a small group and it's still around 15 years later, you just know it's fire. It's stuff those people don't keep stuff that long. And uh, this guy on the boards, I don't know if he's still around, Shrimi 420. Uh, crossed a Santa Maria or Santa Marta Colombian with uh, Romulan, and this is his Kino selection, and it's just a it's a super vigorous grower, and it's just got an amazing smell. Um, it's 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 a it's a great plant, and I'm uh, excited that uh, that's another strain that's going to be out and about again, because uh, a lot of stuff is just gone. <laughs> you know, everybody's growing, you know, cookies, kush, and, you know, biscottis and fruitcakes and all this shit. But a lot of just the core strains that we grew up with and know and love and just are just pure fire and dank weed, it, they're not so easy to come by anymore. Right. It's like how, it's like how skunk, uh, it's like how skunk was, uh, you know, such a flavor that was so dominant, such a... So we got we got another yeah, we got we, we got another call of We're going to recreate your meeting, no matter how how hard I try. Uh, Here it comes. Here he is. Uh, what's up, lemon what's lemon up? man oh, in the shit. house? <laughs> <laughs> lemon man in the house. What's up? What's going what's up, on, Chad? Alex? 
What up? What up? <laughs> Hello. Good to hear your voice, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here we all you are. Got, you got that party up in this point. motherfucker. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's do it. Where's that, where's that rosin at? Let's get the rosin going. <laughs> One day we'll be able to electronically smoke together, I, I have a feeling. Well, yeah, it'll be, be it'll, be it'll be sad because unfortunately <laughs> that means it'll be like a 3D printed bud or something like that, or a 3D printed oil. They're <laughs> like, great. I just, I just met Lemon Man for the first time last night. There you go. Now you're getting recreation. <laughs> We're back. We're back. He's less drunk. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear about the meeting. How drunk was he, bro? Great, great. You know what? I was feeling pretty good actually. I was feeling real good, you know. But we had a great meeting. We sat at the El Cortez downtown Las Vegas. You know, chopped it up. Got to hear about a bunch of old school cool stuff. And man, it was a good conversation. Man, there's some good things coming in the future. Nice, yeah, buddy. And who, and who had know. the best weed? Who had the best weed on him? Me. You know what? We were, we were, just born, we were born in the I, I, I had the I had the only weed. Oh man, you win! You win by default at that point. You win by default. The, undis- the undisputed champion. <laughs> I showed up with an empty bag, man. That's not cool. Huh? Oh, that's not a good that's look. That's not Chuck. What the fuck, Chuck? But, but I got an invite to the dispensary in Colorado. I'm looking forward to to. Trying all his gear. Chuck is the man in Colorado. Adam will attest to that. Oh yeah, dude. He's Adam, he's, he's, Adam, he's been Adam chewed up and man. spit out. He's been chewed up and spit out so many times in this place, right? I mean, how how hard is it to get anything done in this fucking town? Every time oh, I talk oh, to Chuck, God. he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, you don't even know, and it'd be like two hour conversation about how they're gonna fuck him over with this or that because Colorado's hard that's why I left yeah it's not that's easy that's why I left brothers I'm <laughs> telling you I'm telling you what a hard game nobody gets it man it's what a blood sweat and tears that's been out there it has you know it has. <laughs> 10 years now yeah. right right Chuck 10 years 10 years yeah, old I, yeah. I came out I came out in 09 and then you you were you had the can of sore going in what 07 uh Tail end of 07, 08, pretty much getting right. this going and, yeah, running strong by 2009. When I first got out there, everybody bragged about Cannon Sewer all the time. They were like, you want the fire, that's where you go to, you know? <laughs> we did have a great reputation. Oh, uh, yeah. Purple, going back to the uh, purple talk, the uh, purple fantasy is the only purple weed I ever really liked. Right. You guys had the best mark. Right. You guys had the best marketing too, because you, you you did exactly what we did, which was you got to go full stewardess. You got to go. It was like it was the easiest fucking deal. It's like boom, you got a plane, uh, you got some stewardesses, you're getting people high, everybody's happy. Boom, easy. Uh, thank Killed. you. Yeah. Thank you. It was easy. Yeah, we did the same bro, thing for a big party. Bro, I, me me and my boy Matt were just talking about one of our first times in Amsterdam, and we got some sage from the nose. And I'll oh. never forget, we blazed that stage. We were high for like eight hours. I don't think we talked to each other for like six hours, you know? I was Domo like, Javi. Bro, that stage was some quiet. I love that stage. I really do. Yeah, that's good. Old, that's the old S6. It's still alive. Mo's got to have to get it back from him, but it's, uh, it's one of those. Uh, that was the most good. That was... <laughs> like when the nose got it, it became twice as good. Obviously, right? Because you had to pay twice oh, as much. Right. <laughs> so. Lots of love. Right. Lots of love out to you, Mo. Shout out to Mo, yo. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. 
So how's the weather in Colorado right now? I hear it's raining cats and dogs, huh? Shitty. Yeah, it's shitty. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> hell. It's just, uh, it's, it, I mean, I'm glad it was now because last week I did my big party, so I was like, it was, but it was like coming around the corner at that point, you know, so, and now it's just dumping. Gotcha. And, gotcha. uh, that's what's up. And, uh, any chance of, so, so you guys all met up in Vegas the other day? Is that what happened? You guys had, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we met up in Vegas. Vegas. Bad, bad I mean, things happen. I'm sure. Bad things happen. <laughs> we, we we were pretty behaved. Spearmint Rhino. I'm sure Spearmint that? Rhino was part of the night. I was like, all right, now we're going to the Spearmint, right? Of course. Uh, Spear, Spear Chuck and I. Chuck and I have a deal, actually. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to come rescue him from many strip clubs that he goes to. Oh, that's. I told him I'd be coming. <laughs> up. I said that's a real problem because I'll be coming up there to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, to tell into the, the meeting, got a little distracted by a girl at the end of the bar. I remember that. Oh, shit. It's like yeah. somebody put some chum in the water, and, like, all of a sudden he caught the scent, and he was off. We were in mid-genetic conversation, and my, my, I, I shifted a little bit, you know? Did oh, shit. <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? I'm 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 excited for what you guys got going on, you know, Bubba and Katsu with all the new stuff and the new gear you guys are gonna drop and just it seems like some really good things coming in the future, man. The the meeting was definitely very, very fun and nice to talk to somebody old school in the game that gets the business and been around it since the beginning. You know, I mean honestly there's really not too many people in the industry I even like chopping it up with anymore. You know? True. Read, oh, read, read one High Times article and they think they know everything. You know what I mean? Oh yes, <laughs> that's every that's every investor in the business. Every investor in the business, man. And I talked to them for thirty minutes about weed, and I asked if they want to blaze a joint, and then they say they don't even smoke. I go, what? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. If you didn't, they didn't pass you know? the test at that point, right? No, then I'm patting them down to see where the wire is. I had an incident online, I don't know, a few months ago, where I'd post a picture of uh, the reverse the uh, Bubba as it was in progress. And I had some, some guy online telling me that the picture was bullshit and that it wasn't my picture, and I wasn't Katsu, and the guy was just fucking going on. And on. Oh, and he said it was a male, too. And I was, I was like, look, dude, I don't think you can tell the difference between a male and a reverse female. I'll ask around, but I've never heard about that. I don't know how you can tell just by looking at the pic. And I said, honestly, I suspect I got beans that I grew in my fridge that are older than you are. So leave me the fuck alone. And it was confirmed when he told me to go watch TV, old man. Uh, <laughs> I guess, I I guess that's, a, that's an insult for the YouTube generation, you know? Right, go watch TV. Uh, yeah, there you go. That's a, I've go watch a TV, of, old man. Uh, yeah, I've, I've endured a lot of hate. I've had a lot of people come into the dispensary and tell me I wasn't who I was. 
I mean, to my face, which is really funny because you don't know how to react to that. You're like, um, yes, I am me. <laughs> it's like, who else would I be? I'm like, okay, if I'm not me, who am I? Can you tell me who I am? Because I really want to know who I am. Oh my yeah, God. I thought I thought it was kind of funny to be confronted online in such an aggressive way, but I guess if it was done face to face, it'd sort of be next level. That's great. Yeah, I, I ignore all the hate online. That can be a tiresome effort. Yeah, that's that's no good to get caught up in that. You know, that's no Definitely good. Not. That's no good, man. It's too much too much love out there for depends all. On, it depends Everybody. on everybody. I guess it depends That's on your yeah, me, your memeing shock. ability. If you're really good at memes, you can you can take a fight on <laughs> online. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you're if you're a meme generator, if you're like a you know that's it. That's all you want to do. It actually becomes extra fun. But for the most part, no, it's never really worth jumping in because I, I think you know you're gonna always see people hating on you or whatever or hating on your work. But it's also you know, know it's very. It's also very uh, easy, especially when you're making seeds. You're going to find out, obviously, f- coming out with, with your seeds. You know, everybody's going to blame you if it goes wrong and no one and praise themselves when it goes right. And, you know what I mean? So it, it's, it, it gets to the point where you're like, whatever, dude. Just like, you know, if, as long as you're happy with, with the work that you put out and you test it enough and you check it, and then you're good. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, there's uh, there's so many people out there that are – you know, so overly, uh, you know, critical on whatever works out there. And at the end of the day, it's usually their fault and it goes wrong anyway, you know, and then they're just never going to, never going to admit to it, but just get used yeah, to it. Yeah. That's like, that, that's like me and Katz who were talking yesterday and we were just talking about, you know, where weed originates from and it's in the wild and, you know, there's all kinds of hermaphrodites and all kinds of stuff. So it's, you know, it's kind of part of the gene pool, but then again, too, how many people these days just want to name and how many seed companies are on attitude right now? It's unbelievable, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, when I first came back uh, in 2009, 2010, it was like, it was still just bubbling at that point, you know? And I already said, I said, dude, watch, there's going to be thousands of seed companies in about three, four years. And, you know, sure enough, it's just kind of like, you know, like, that's where we're at now, where it's, it's, almost impossible to uh filter through some of them but at the same time it's just some people are finally coming out you know and realizing like shit i want to get be part of this and some of them have some fire because they've actually been holding on to some stuff and i'm sure you know the one good thing about the forums is that it does kind of give you an idea of who was serious back when it was still you know you're putting yourself out on the line too by going online and talking about what you did Whereas now it's like everyone's got a phone and everyone takes pictures of their weed and it's not a big deal unless they're on Facebook and trying to sell something, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're getting shut down. But, uh, hundred percent, hundred percent. That is so true too. You know, everybody, everybody with the old genetics, that's what I want to see come back. Some Alaska, Alaska thunder fucks and Northern lights and train wreck. I've been oh. train wrecking forever. We got, we, we got some MTF Bubba crosses coming. Watch out. Okay. Uh, All right. Shout out to MTF Jeff there. Uh, he That's actually awesome. says hello. He actually says hello, Adam. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it, it, I mean, that's the thing is there. You know, we're about in that age group where it's. Uh, uh, 
you know, in the 50s. You're about in that age group. I'm 59. I'm 59. But back in the day, I would say 40-year-olds yeah. were running things. Now I'm saying 50-year-olds are running things. 50s, <laughs> of course, anybody above that is even more <laughs> is even more old school. But for the most part, like those guys that were growing in the early 90s, 90, 91, 92, 93, those are the kind of weird magic years of cannabis where all of a sudden this like seems like everything just like stepped up two, three notches, you know? And uh, it did. And that's, then it, that's when the stuff really started getting named. Yeah, well, things got tracked a little bit better, and people actually were able to repeat what they did instead of just getting a random bag and being like, oh, shit, this was great. What is it? Never going to get it again. Who knows? But now you kind of got the right. vibe where people would, uh, you know, have some uh, something good and from seed. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course, uh, most people ordered seeds from, from Amsterdam, and there was, like, that whole Sensi and... Uh, Super Sativa Seed Club and all that stuff. I mean, that that jumped the the game up again, you know. And then that was sure. a little bit later. And so, yeah, it's interesting just to see like uh, how now we're the only people that have the connection back to the fucking flavors that were almost lost, you know. And that's where right. guys like guys yeah, like Katsu coming in with their with their incredible nose, <laughs> able to distinguish oh, northern hey. white. Before, did, uh, did before, you see like, that pack of bubble gum of yours that I sent? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, how old? How old is that? Um, I think that was like around t- 2003 by the packaging, I would think, or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I was super, just always playing around with you know coin things, and then and then soccer mother started using coin things, so I'm like, well, fuck it, I gotta make something better, you <laughs> know, just keep on moving with the packaging, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting now, because then I also see like, the, the inside I know exactly how I was marking them by putting stuff inside but it was made on my photocopier and cut through, so yeah, so it was interesting Yeah, man you had some fire over there, Adam those were the, those were the, those were the good days when the weed was good over there, now I can't believe going in a coffee shop, they want 40, 50 euros a gram for this high-end stuff. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Crazy. It's, it is you crazy. Know? It's like, uh, it's flipped over. Like, when I was there, it was cheap. And weed was only like, you know, maybe five bucks in, a gram. In the 80s and 90s, nice. Yeah, that's like, what wasn't it like just a bunch of mom and mom and pop growers that were providing a lot of the stuff to the dispensaries? Yep. In the nineties. Yeah. yeah. See, it was so much better then. Um, when when I was collecting most of my seeds, I was buying them through uh, through an online auction place called Seabay, and it was uh, a way that anybody who was breeding any kind of genetics whatsoever could just throw them up into the marketplace and. You know, people could buy them, and it was around for a long time. So a lot of these people that aren't necessarily breeders, but just had their own genetics, but their own mom and pop was like uh, just such a great way to get lots and lots of genetics for a low price. That was, you know, the mom, you know, like uh, grandma from oh, Kentucky's yeah. apple pie winning recipe. You know, it's sort oh, yeah. of like that. It was just, you know. Some mom and pop grower that's been growing forever, and he says it's fire. Well, guess what? You know, if he's been growing forever, it probably is fire. Mm-hmm. Something worth trying. You know, it doesn't doesn't need to have any special name or anything to it. Fire is fire. It speaks for itself. 
Yeah, most of those people got scared because um, they took away their their right to an apartment if they got busted. You know, they went really hard. I, the thing about Holland was it was so small, and Amsterdam even you know when you got to and even Amsterdam, which was the biggest city, was tiny. And then they would actually drive up and down the roads with um, infrared cameras on trucks and fly drones with fucking smellers and stuff when i left in 2000 and like literally in 2009 they had drones that they were just sending around the city and just looking for uh any kind of heat signatures you know so it was like the place was like crazy you know they, they were taking so much effort to bust people yet they still had this industry you know what i mean and then it's, yeah it's kind of crazy it's, yeah it's, 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 it's yeah, it's like the left hand and the right hand really not working very well together. It's yes. kind of moronic. So in the end, it was just now it's now it's only hardcore like Albanians and shit growing shitty weed, or you know, or these Dutch guys with warehouses that haven't because most of almost every place there that you could grow in has been grown in and has been busted. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's just like it's almost impossible to find a place that's new or they've never used for a grow because it's almost like everybody. Like and if any anything of size, you know what I mean. So it's it's all right. corrupt and yeah, it's 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 not a very uh, it's not a very smart system, that's for sure. You would have thought they would have kept their edge over there, but now it's all reversed over here. That would a crazy thing. Flying over there was the best feeling in the world. Not flying home is the best feeling, you know. It's totally. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's it's crazy like that too because you know again they had the fucking they had the whole thing in their hands and they were ready to roll. They could just crushed it, but instead they were super restrictive. Like I had a medical card when I was there because you could carry weed uh, in, you know, pretty much anywhere. And at the end, I actually had to use it because I was at a festival and cops came over and were going to fucking arrest me because I had too much weed. And I was like, oh, but I have my card. And then they were like, oh, okay, you know, I guess so. But it was just like, wow, God. this place is, sucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, That's part of the reason I left. I was like, they're getting, to that, they're getting to that point now. So, yeah, that's crazy. I know it's that all changed, like you said, around 2008 and nine. I mean, now in Europe, you know what? The scene's more shifted to like Barcelona and stuff. You know, oh, it's totally, Spain. totally yeah. jamming in Barcelona. Way cooler, uh, better weather. Or all, I was like, well, Amsterdam's gonna be fucked soon because no one's gonna want to go there. It's just, so, so <laughs> they're, they're they're hanging their hat on the Rembrandt Museum for tourism now, and yeah. Yeah, well, the weird yeah. part is, is that it's it's busier than ever. Though I was just there uh, about six months ago, and it was like it was so busy compared to what it used to be that it was like. And I went into every shop that I went into, like you know, Jason over at the Dom Kring and stuff. They were just so tired and so like, oh, it's just. I mean, it's no, it's not even. You, you can't even relax there anymore because it's just nonstop people. Well, they're making more money, but it's not cool anymore. It doesn't have that vibe. Like you can't just kick, kick back at all because it's just. Too many wow. people. Um, well, I'll just hold on wow. to my memories. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I think I told you earlier that the first first time I went to the Bluebird Cafe, they were painting that mural on the downstairs of it. I think I was trying to figure out what year it was. I think it was '86. Wow, that's really old. That's even before I got there in '89. So uh, that's before I even went there. Maybe '87. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's like uh, I mean, it was funny. In those years, it was like hadn't changed at all like when i got there in 89 i'm sure it was exactly what it was like in 87 or whatever and then it didn't really even change for the next like 10 years almost and then all of a sudden it really got like an influx of 
uh, money and changing and started to gentrify in its own weird way and more cops on the street and kind of weird vibe and yeah it was just not not the same place anymore I think. yeah yeah when i first went to amsterdam i remember people there telling me no it's fine just go ahead and smoke the cops don't care mm-hmm. you can smoke right in front of them the guy just lit a joint right in front of a cop and like i didn't even look twice yeah uh, but they also it was, were it was mind-blowing to me because i'm from like a gestapo state at the time you know capital offense to have a joint yeah and yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it is it is a beautiful thing to be able to watch this thing happen and know that we're we were on the right side. It sucks to see the, you know, the commercialization and the 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 fact that there's so many people jumping in now that never seen a flower in their life. They only smoke pens and they don't get it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, there's no real connection. Uh, right. I, yeah. That's true. But that's very true. Yeah. I, 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 I like it when people are reading off the, the lab test results and like, like if they're reading me gospel about something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you got to smoke it to know what it's going to do. You can't just look at that little piece of paper and decide that that's, I've had so, I tell people this all the time. I've had so many weeds that have tested out like in the high teens, maybe at low twenties that are insanely good mm-hmm. and so powerful. And so awesome that if you were basing basing your selection process purely on lab results, they would never even make the grade. And it's just I think it's so short sighted that maybe maybe it's just a matter of the lab equipment needs to get a lot more sophisticated and that there's a lot more to this product than we currently know. But you know, I, I can tell you for sure and for certain that uh, some of the best weed would not impress you with any lab results no and and that's the thing is like when i first came to colorado there was somebody somebody had a cushage and it was like a total outlier like just like one of those things where like i looked at it and went like that that's that's not a great he's like yeah i just won the highest cbd and it's because they tested it and they found out that it had a high cbd and which was weird and i was like thinking to myself like i don't even know why that i don't know why that's high cbd because it's not never was i never focused on that for that and that was i've never heard that before but on top of that, it was really shitty. So I was almost hoping it wasn't my cushion because I was like, going, that's a, that's a terrible looking plant." But they were 100 percent, 100 going on the on the test results. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And that was a good indicator. No, no, thank you on the photo credit. Appreciated. <laughs> no, and, I, and it was in a paper bag to begin with. So I was like, pulled it out of a paper bag, and it was just like looked terrible. And I was like, "Well, thanks." <laughs> you know what I mean? It was one of those like moments where you're like. Please don't tell anybody that this is actually my strain because it's not helping me out. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember in like uh, 2006, 2007, I didn't have a grow. I was out of weed, and one of my friends in the forum was like, hey, let me send you something. I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, and uh, he sends me, I, I can only describe it as looking like the same, the same Mexican brickweed I bought in dime bags and you know, San Fernando Valley and like the shitty neighborhoods back in the day with seeds and sticks. It was really disappointing. And it's like, it was kind of eye-opening to me that even though this is a, a weed and not a terribly difficult plant to, to grow, that there's definitely people who don't do it very well. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, 
Well, if they don't know, if they don't know, they don't know. That's the thing. There's some people like that that are just literally, like I remember going to like friend, bikers, friends whose dad grew in the backyard every year and I'd just come by and they'd throw some chicken shit on it and some Epsom salts. That was pretty much their program, you know? And I was like, I came over and I was just like, oh, like, (laughs) I was like, this weed sucks, you know what I mean? And it was just like, literally like hay in a bag and they'd they'd sell it, but they'd they'd somehow sell it. So, (laughs) I mean, those people around them didn't have a clue and it was always smelled like a barn. It was just like, oh, dude, I would never smoke his dad's weed, but. Yeah, if you you inhale enough smoke, eventually you'll be asphyxiated and feel high, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, my my, my very first throw was like uh, in my dorm room in a closet, and I have like one bulb hanging over like a bag seed plant, and it just kept growing and growing. And I had no idea I needed to switch switch a timer on it to to flip it and make it flower. And eventually, I just kind of gave up on it. And tossed it. Oh yeah, that we're, uh, we 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 forgot to talk about that a bit. Um, the. Uh, the uh, Phototron, you're, 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 you and me being Phototron oh, brothers, Phototron brothers, basically oh, <laughs> from back in the oh, day. Oh man, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. My, my my first semi-serious attempt. I think I did a Phototron grow in the late '80s that I abandoned, like in a very early flowering, and then uh, got another Phototron again in like the mid '90s, and. Uh, bought some seeds from, I think, Amsterdam and maybe Canada online. I think I maybe grew out some of your bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but said I think you your bubble gum masturbated into the 400-watt uh, high-pressure sodium bulb, which uh, I quickly figured out as soon as I had Internet access that uh, was necessary to actually grow good weed. I don't know how that guy stole so many phototrons. What a, what a racket. I oh, think God. I paid like five or 600 bucks. Five, yeah, five or six hundred bucks for that thing, and uh, you know, promises of huge yields of tomatoes, right, and <laughs> other flowering herbs. <laughs> well, what was that guy's name again? Uh, Julian D. DeMarco was his name, and yeah, yeah. Like, I literally talked to yeah. that guy like a hundred times because I was like trying to figure everything out the whole time, and then, and then in the end, I, when I had, the, I told you I had a meltdown. When I had the meltdown. Uh, one of them just completely fucking melted and kind of caught on fire, smoking and the whole thing. And then uh, I called him about it, and he was like, "Oh, I never told you to. <laughs> I never told you to grow weed." I was like, "Dude, come on!" Now. I was like, I wrote him a letter. Like it says, like one eight hundred want buds. I mean, it couldn't get more fucking just more like. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Then why are you? Why do you have a two page ad in the back of oh. iTimes every month? Like, <laughs> I know he was such that a douche. Is, yeah. Funny shit. Yeah, but uh, well, you have to start once, some. You have to start have some. High pressure, you have to start high somewhere. pressure sodium bulb. Like that was a game changer. I I couldn't believe that you could grow weed that was so good yourself. Like it was just a, a really mind blowing, eye opening experience. That uh, you know that because at the time getting anything that was even green without without seeds was difficult where I was. And, you know, here I was growing nice fat buds. You know, they they weren't perfect, but they were better than anything I could find. Mm-hmm. And I got better quickly. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, uh, and, it's, uh, it's like one of those things where back in the day we, you know, we were, had to learn the hard way on almost, almost everything, you know, like 
I think I've had so many people try to grow every year and they, they don't realize there's a street light right above their, where they're growing. And they're like, oh, the thing just keeps growing. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same problem. You know, you're like, uh, yeah, you need to shoot. That. I remember we used to, I was telling somebody the other day that I remember we used to climb up those freaking poles and steal the lights out of them. Right. That, that was, that was how, that was how we got our lights. We'd climb the freaking 50 foot pole or however tall they are. <laughs> take the lights out of the street lights <laughs> so it's funny as uh, like uh, uh phillips down in uh in eindhoven in, in holland they had they were experimenting with uh using the ceramic metal halides as they basically the, the, they designed that for street lights because they have a real good throw you know they can throw down real hard and so they but then they noticed that the grass was growing super fast like where those things were so then they were like oh these might be good grow lights so it was like that was like the and that was only like maybe 20 years ago or something like that or 18 years ago but it was like literally the how they they figured out that that was a great spectrum for uh for uh growing which now we now we're yeah. all using them <laughs> yeah this was back in like 89 this is like nine no this is a little later this is about 20 years ago so it's about 2000 or something like that was one thing when they because i remember i remember reading about it they were like oh we have these new lights because you know we noticed that the grass they had to cut the grass twice as much anywhere near the lights <laughs> like everywhere else it would grow <laughs> at a certain rate and under there it would grow super fast um now now we've now we've got the leds in effect everybody's trying to tune those spectrums in you know yeah it's yes. uh, yeah, it's, it's it's one a, of those things. When you walk through the conventions, it's one company after another. It's like uh, extract company, lighting company, extract company, lighting company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game has changed quite a bit. That is for sure. That is for sure. I can remember being down in Florida, getting higher off the blunt paper than the weed. You know. The good thing is, is everybody um, wants you to experiment with your lights, so you with their lights. So, I mean, for veg and stuff, LEDs are great. So, I love experimenting with other people's stuff. Um, oh yeah, I've, I've had side by side comparison runs where I had the equal number of uh, HPS and the equal number of LEDs and. You know, I wouldn't have done that myself unless the LED company wanted me to experiment with it, and I didn't have to pay the seventy-five thousand dollars. This was uh, this was back in two thousand fourteen. Was yeah, the last see, time I my, my 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 take on LED technology is like computer technology that it's improving really quickly, it and. Is. Each each year, it's making a significant leap forward. Um, I I got a light from. Uh, I did a bunch of research, and I wanted something that I thought would be reasonably affordable and uh, affordable. Light. <laughs> Sorry, I was coughing right there. I'm sorry. Sorry, I had a cough right there. Um, but I. Uh, 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 who is that? <laughs> not me. Not me. Not me. I, I don't have any. I don't have any weed this month. I'm, I'm. 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 I'm a. I'm a fan. I got. I. 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 I've experimented with it. I'm transitioning over. Um. 
I'm not seeing quite the same yields. I'm seeing a significantly improved terpene profile. Um, I like them. Um, I think a lot think, of people uh, need a lot of strength, a lot of strength too. It, it, it really keeps your plants healthy and, and bug free. There's, there's, so, like there's, there's, there's so many positives to it too in terms of like heat. Heat is always an issue for so many people and they produce so much less heat and they, the operating efficiency temperature, um, I think, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure it's like between 82 and 85 degrees is optimal flowering temperature for uh, LEDs. And, you know, that's, that's significantly warmer than uh, what you want your high-pressure sodiums at. And in combination with something that's producing less heat, and enjoys a warmer climate, that's pretty compelling if you've got heat issues in your grow. 100%. And, I agree with you 100%. You know, and, and, and a lot a lot of people deal with that, especially in summer. Mm-hmm. And um, in really hot places yeah. like Florida and Puerto Rico. Yeah, heat, heat is your enemy. <laughs> that's for sure, you know. It's one of those... Uh, and sometimes well, it depends. Like and it's crazy because I've I've seen guys growing OGs at like crazy temperatures just because they can't. There's no way around it because they can't they can't afford better air conditioning, and they've somehow managed to pull off some decent crops. So certain plants can tend to, to deal with it, but some plants not at all. You know, my my stuff always turns out wispy looking when it gets too warm. Well, or if you get too much, like with the sage, for instance, it, it, if you get too close to the top, it'll fucking throw out just like it blows out all crazy on you. Fingers, and it, yeah. And it, and it can be a pain in the ass sometimes. It'll grow a whole new plant on the top if you fucking get too much light on it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it'll just like start a whole new plant. You'll be like, what the fuck is going on? So, yeah, <laughs> you, you got to be careful. So, um... I'm going to I'm going to try to like kind of wrap up our thing here just cuz I've got another guy I was going to call in from uh, Southeast Asia. I've been trying to push it as long as possible since he's got to get up. It's like 8:30 in the morning for him, so he's going to be tired. <laughs> so but uh hey, as far as as far as uh, like besides seeds here now, you got any kind of um connections with uh for Katsu like any other ways people can get get in touch with you cuz I'm sure a bunch of people here Yeah, are, are, I want I want to give a special I wanted to give a special shout out to James at uh, Seeds Here Now for introducing us and helping me launch this. Uh, I'm doing. Uh, I'm working with DC Seed Exchange, Neptune, Great Lakes Genetics, JVC Seeds, and Labyrinth. They're, they're all carrying my genetics right now. Nice, nice. And uh, any like so, your Instagram and all that is a uh, is that Katsu Bluebird or? Yeah, I've uh, two. I, I decided uh, just to have a second one because it seems so many people are getting their accounts slammed. I didn't want to be completely out of contact, so I, I started the second one, Catchy Seeds. They're both mine. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I think, like you said, you say you were saying that you think that it might already the S ones might already be sold out or close to it. So it sounds like if they people get a chance, they should try jump all over that, right? Um, yeah, if you want, I, I'm, I'm going to have a bunch more seeds available probably at the beginning of September. Um, I had, had a little bit of a timing issue with the reversal and did not end up with nearly as many S1s as originally planned, but, uh, you know, shit happens. 
for sure. And uh, uh, I won't I won't make that mistake again. There'll be uh, plenty plenty of reverse reverse Bubba females as well as uh, Bubba females to receive the pollen. So I will have a, a large supply of seeds at the end of summer. Nice. And then Bubba, what tell us? Tell us which I know you're a man of mystery. You don't want to tell anybody nothing, but you might as well tell us something. Yeah. Um, you will see Bubba Kush brand here soon. Um, I'm getting, uh, like I said, I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I don't like to talk. So <laughs> I don't want to tell too uh, much. Okay. But yeah, no, I got a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of good stuff coming. And um, a lot of relationships with other states. And I've been talking to people in other countries. Um, and uh, it's going to go big. We're nice. going to do big stuff. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear. Had to make sure the, the structure was all right. You know, with this industry, you got to really protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So I got a mad, te- mad team of lawyers and. Uh, a lot of support, so making sure everything's kosher and correct, and you know nobody can get me again. Yeah, you're gonna be like locked up like Scarface and some million cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna get me again. Hello to my little friend. That was too big of a house for me, but. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something like that. It's a little smaller, a little more, more economical. So, um, and how can people get in touch with you? I saw you were on the I saw you were on our you were on our chat gang, made everybody impressed. They were all excited. Bub- yeah, I saw, Bubba himself. I saw a couple comments in while I was watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed. Um yeah, I'm uh I'm uh at at D Bubba Kush, T H E E uh Bubba Kush right now. Of course I'm a little quiet on there. But I do post, uh, I will be posting a lot more um, here coming up as, as I'm more secure with uh, releasing information. <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, and obviously you can get, uh, you still working with James? Are you still doing stuff with Mr. Bean? Getting some stuff with him? or? Uh- you, you know, I uh, I have been talking with James a lot. I actually went and visited him. Uh, down south. Hey, he, never, he never stopped working with James. So he never, uh, I knew. I knew working. you were on the phone. I knew. Yeah, that's I how I had to. I had to lure him out. I had to lure him out. That was my lure. You see how I pulled him out? I knew you were. I knew that was you. Coughing. All the hacking in the back. I was like, who is coughing? I was like, it's got to be James. Yeah, damn it, we got contracts. We talk about these things. We can't let everybody know our secrets. <laughs> mm. Okay. Oh, shit. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> James my Bean, brother, man brother. in the man in the in the shadows tonight. Who's hiding? He is the man. <laughs> well, thanks for. Shout out, real quick, while I while mm-hmm. I'm uh, back and talking. Shout out to the chat game. We've got 110 people in there watching the Breeders Show to watch the two brothers talk, and it really was a you know it was a really humbling humbling thing that I got to do and just be a part of. That was talking to Cassie, and I was like, you know what? Before you tell me the story, do you want to get Bubba on the phone and we can just go to this together? And he was like, that'd be cool. And it was just kind of a cool fucking thing that worked. And it was kind of, you know. Way a, cool. It was one of, those, one of those, those, those lucky moments that I've had uh, the opportunity to work in and be a part of. So I'm, I'm nah, I Thank you that. very much. Yeah, th- thank you. Thank you so much for making that happen. That was awesome. And, yeah. You know, thank you for having me on the show, Adam. 
Hey, thank you, man, for coming Very through cool. and uh, having fun. T- it was a fun talk. And uh, yeah, now we now we got you know something to look forward to to see the the, the meeting of the the Bubba crew and also you just doing all your independent stuff. So I think it's going to be good. Good timing. Yes, perfect timing. Hey, thank you so much. It's all about timing, right? That's it. Yes, yes, I. Well, gentlemen, nice chat with you guys all, man. Respect every one of you. Thanks, bro. Love you, you, too, buddy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, Adam. later, guys. And thank you, thank James, you, for putting it all together. Yes, James. Yeah, thanks, man. James. My brother. Appreciate it. Great. Really do. Really do. Okay. Ciao, guys. Bye-bye. Ciao. Peace. So, so, so everybody hung up. Now me and you for this bullshit. What's going on, man? What's going on? What's going on, man? Man. Um, man. Who's, who you got next? I have uh, Ang. Well, hopefully he's going to be awake because I'm waking him up. At, well, I let him go till nine something. Yeah. So, uh, but we have uh, real seeds, and it's uh, maybe going to be next guy like on, real, your, on your on like your what's real seeds. Real seeds, yeah. And, not uh, like fake seeds, not like GMO seeds, not like hemp seeds. Real like seeds real, here right real. now. It's actually the name of his company. <laughs> real, seeds, real, real seeds really here right really now. Really seeds really here right now. Dot com. No, uh, but uh, he is a uh, land race guy, so he's kind of cruising the cruising the globe, picking up land races. So it's always interesting to talk to those kind of guys because you never know. You like find out where they're going. Maybe he's crossing paths with Bodie somewhere. No, maybe, who knows? And, 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 and for me, it's always been fun, and, and I'll see my orders, you know, guys will come in and pick up, you know, a pack of Sea Junkie or a pack of Exotic, and then there'll be, like, this pack of Snow High in there. And it's always fun, you know, when I was buying, that, you know, you, you've got your stuff that you run with and all the other stuff, but then you've got a couple, two on the side that you're just fucking around with. You know, you put these two in, and they turn out females, you're just going to run them, and you see if they are, and it's something different, and just something to play with on the side, and... You know, you don't have to do an entire room or, you know, just uh, just to play with something. So, um, you know, land races are kind of cool, and they're, they're different, and they show different expressions. So uh, that's why I kind of, you know, like them. Yeah, so it's therealseedcompany.com if you want to check them out online. Real uh, Seed? The Real Seed Company. All right. Right here, right now, .com. <laughs> no, it's just The Real Seed Company. I think, I think you can... Um, but anyway, uh, we're going to give him a call in a minute, and then we're going to do, at the end, we're going to give uh, our boys over at uh, Illuminar a chance to a chance to give away stuff. We don't know. It's going it, it's, to... It's, oh, so the, word the, the word of the week, snazzle for ass? Snazzle for ass, yes. That's the word of the week. Snazzle for ass. What? Uh, you well, gave it up? Don't I'll give up the know. name. Hey, no. Thank you, oh, though. So if you're in Michigan this week, well, if you're, if you're in Michigan, if you're in Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin Fox and Stone, if you're in Massachusetts this weekend, uh, the Springfield side, um, uh, where Adam's mom is from, there you uh, go. stop by. We've got Kim Dog will be at my booth tomorrow. He's got a special release. He did it with the Swamp Boys again. It's uh, only 100 packs. You can only get him at the show. Um, we've got a bunch of the BOGOs. Uh, and the thing you asked about the bogo, the blood diamond skunkage, I didn't cross. You know, <laughs> I, know. I, just, I just looked up for <laughs> the screen and I saw, what the hell? Who's these bogo seed guys? Fucking bogos no, no, are ripping no, no. everybody so I just, off. I just, I, just, I just made it like mix and match. And so you, you buy this it. pack from this breeder, you get this pack from this breeder. No, that's cool. I like that. I like for that. For fucking 50 bucks. And so it's kind of a cool thing. But um, but you but, uh, in, but in, indirectly you may be creating those strains because who knows maybe one of those things goes one of the guys leaves a male in there and he fucks up the other one and oh now I made this cross so you may have just and that could happen but yeah but, you've, but then you've, I'm not going to sell that strain because no. I know it's bullshit and they didn't do the homework so, obviously so. well anyway I think it'd be fun right, 
All right, man. Thank you. Yep, see you, bye. Peace. All right. We're going to call the Real Seed Company and see if they answer their, their line. Uh, I sent you their info. Okay, so I'm going to try and get it from there. All right. Skype that bad boy. Uh, see, I don't know if I can use his name or not, so I'm not going to say names yet. I'll just I got gotcha. you. Just he's the real seed company, and if you can go to you can go to the realseedcompany.com and you can check out their story. But uh, the, just the fact that the you know there's so much locked up genetics in in places like Pakistan, Afghanistan, and things, and there's the thing about whenever you do land race stuff, you can bring other genetics to that area, but they'll just be totally taken completely over. Like if you bring stuff to South Africa and it's real distinctive, within a few generations, it'll just be South African wheat. Like all of a sudden it says, oh, it starts to taste like local wheat because there's so much more, the numbers are just not there. Unless you're, unless you're somehow bringing millions and then you're fucking up the whole gene pool at that point. So no one's in like that. But so some of those things are pretty fucking amazing, I'm sure. So is it not working? You have to make it all in there. Uh, no, it's not working. Not working, huh? So I don't know. Let me see. I can also tell him to. I'll send him a message and see if he can call in too. But it, what I was saying is, uh, yeah, land race stuff is definitely interesting and even more interesting because now it's so hard to find a proper to do a proper F one. You have to have. Uh, two completely separate plants and there's so much crossover that is getting harder and harder do you think that's uh, it? i mean no, that's I his name oh he's in laos yeah that's so pretty that's pretty good look, all right <laughs> pretty good chance let's call we're, him we're gonna try uh not video though, just regular i think he's cool oh yeah Hello. Good morning. <laughs> How are you doing? I am. I am in the process of waking up. <laughs> yes. Well, I tried to push it as hard as I could. I let the I let the last interview run extra long. Well, right. So, welcome to the show. I, I wasn't sure if I'm using names or not or what we're doing. So, I, I just introduced you as the Real Seed Company. But um, that's fine. Yeah, it's Ang- Angus. Angus from the Real Seed Company would be. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And what's your website? TheRealSeedCompany.com. Um, that's it. Yeah, therealseedcompany.com. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm glad you could join us. I know. I know. I've done the. I've done the same as you, getting up super early to interview people from across the globe. And yeah, I'm not always at my brightest, but hopefully you got yourself a coffee or or something to help wake you up. And uh, yeah, if, if you hear slurping sounds, that's me. <laughs> okay, not a problem. <laughs> Trying to get as much coffee down me as possible. Yeah. Not a problem. So. Um, you are in. Uh, you see, so you're in Laos right now, or somewhere near there. Yeah, in 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 that sort of a rough general area. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah because that's one of those things that when everybody says Thai weed, uh, I kind of try to correct them and say it's probably Laotian weed because there's really not much good weed coming out of Thailand. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, there's still there's still. I mean, Thailand still uh, still produces a bit, but yeah, I think the, the really large scale. Productions mostly in in central Laos, but there are there are bits of there are bits of um, Isan and bits of southern Thailand where um, it still happens, you know. Sure. 
so yeah. so what brought so um so when did you start collecting or 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 traveling and and kind of realizing that that's that was what you were there to do because um uh, well go ahead yeah. i mean i i i i grew up sort of smoking in an era when no one really called these things land races. It was just, you know, Thai weed or mm-hmm. Nigerian weed or Moroccan hash or Afghan hash, Lebanese hash. Um, that's what I always really liked. And it was only later on that I encountered modern hybrid things like skunk, because we, we all used to call it skunk, I'm British, so mm-hmm. skunk was sort of generic term for anything like that uh, yeah. when I grew up. And... Um, and it, it wasn't until much later that, as as very suddenly in the, in the course of a few years, the the British market just shifted from being imported, mostly mostly crap imported Moroccan hash. It very suddenly shifted in the space of a couple of years over around 2000-ish to being dominated almost entirely by skunk. And most of what what we were seeing, unless you grew it yourself, most of what you could buy wasn't particularly nice, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I really wanted to find seeds of um, the kind of things I used to like smoking, like Thai and stuff like that. So, um, in about 2007, well, in 2007 actually, I just decided to go to the Hindu Kush and see if I could find um, seeds from there myself. So, I got on a plane to Peshawar in Pakistan and then went up to Chitral, which is... Mm-hmm. The highest bit of the Hindu Kush mountains, next to Afghanistan, to see if I could find seeds, and um, did, and then just kind of it progressed from there. I went to Lebanon, Thailand, Laos, these kind of places, and, and realised that there were actually a lot of people look, were looking at it from the same perspective I was, and, and were interested in buying the seeds, which enabled me to fund more travelling. Mm-hmm. And originally, the idea was always to write a book which has never actually materialized. So I've ended up doing more of the seed collecting and seed traveling. And, and over the course of time, realized actually what I was doing was more significant than I first appreciated yeah. from, a, from a biodiversity point of view, which is another thing, another whole aspect of it. Um, you know, the, these, these old plants are being more and more quickly are disappearing as, as the internet enables people in places like India and Pakistan to just buy seeds. Yeah. And, and um, you know, that's another aspect of it that actually I only came to appreciate later on during the process really how, how, how significant these old plants are and how, and how quickly they're, they're about to disappear really in the next decade or, or so. I just thought a lot of them would have um, been hybridized out of existence. Yeah, it's, it, and so did you actually see in real remote places people doing that, like actually growing maybe... Dutch or, or American genetics or somewhere. Um, yeah. Um, anecdotally, um, yeah, even in, even, even in Chitral, I, I, I did, I just anecdotally hear of, um, um, people growing, um, hybrid seed. I mean, there was only, this is just one, one instance of, of, um, there was a French guy I was traveling with up there called, um, Abdullah. And um, he he told me that there was a an American who was in Chitral at that time, uh, an American guy trying to find um, 
Bin Laden, who there was a rumor that he was around those mountains at that particular point. Uh, this is 2007. Mm -hmm. And um, this was a real guy. Um, I forget his name. He was from Colorado. And he used to wander around this area of the Hindu Kush with a samurai sword, a pistol, and um, a big pile of hash, determined to find Bin Laden. And um, apparently he also, on one of his trips out there, brought some hybrid seed with him and given it to some farmers. Um, he never did uh, find Bin Laden. They found him in um, Abbottabad, down, down um, closer to Islamabad from there. But apparently he did actually cross through um, the trial to get down there. So, you know. <laughs> rumors <laughs> yes, are, right. rumors are correct. To a point. Yeah, I mean, uh, apparently so. But he, he'd... Um, yeah, he'd, he'd allegedly he'd given some seeds to people in or, or one farmer in Chitral. I, I don't know if it's true, but certainly if you go to um, if you go to India, you'll find. I mean, hybrid seed has certainly been introduced up in uh, Parvati Valley. You can you can mm -hmm. just having been going there for years and years, I can tell you over the years the presence of those sort of skunky Afghani aromas has become more and more noticeable in um, in uh, plants from Parvati. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, Pravada uh, is one of those places that almost every foreigner ends up at, because that's pretty much where they yeah. know there's going to get good, good quality hash there. And, and yeah, I mean, the more the more accessible the place is, uh, has been, and the more popular it is to, to 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 particularly to Westerners. Yeah, the more likely it is. Um, yeah, you know, and it's 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 it's. I mean, the one thing that is uh, interesting, and I was kind of saying to the people before before I brought you on, is that like I had friends in South Africa that would always bring. Uh, everything they'd they'd go to Amsterdam and pick up every genetics they could, and you know nowadays mm -hmm. they even came to America and picked up as much as they could. Bring it back, and you know the first year everything would express pretty close to what it's supposed to. But if they made seeds from those things within one year, like or two years, they would start to really change and become closer to what was there available there. And because there's so much growing going on already. That if you're in a place that really has a shitload of plants growing, there's going to be males involved, and there's going to be, like, quickly, it'll be quickly sort of stamped out. You know what I mean? It won't actually, it's hard to take over unless somebody's really nurturing it properly, you know what I um, mean? I mean, I think it'd be really interesting when, when, when um, these things get studied in a really empirical, scientific uh, way, you know? I mean... I, what, what I can tell you from now is just from what I see myself. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm sure that they like the skunky ones up there, and they get better, better charis off of it, so they're going to grow it, of course. Well, the thing is, the thing is, they don't know. I mean, um, I mean, what you, what I, what I, you know, the, re the reason I set out looking for these older plants originally, I mean. Was was just because actually I preferred the kind of highs I was getting from from the good from the good stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't in any way want to idealize um, land races because they've they've always been crap land races. You know, you can you can see this reading the Victorian records from British India from Peshawar. They're, they've always been there's always been bad hash. You know, long long, you know, in the in the eighteen nineties they talked about the different qualities and there was crap hash coming from. Yarkand in, in, in northwest China, there was fantastic hash coming from Bukhara in Uzbekistan. Uh, so, so I don't want to idealize the sort of pre-hybrid era as if it was somehow a, uh, this realm of impeccable cannabis. Yeah. But 
there's there's no question that there's something you get in good Thai ganja, in good Nepali hash. I'm talking the old school original, from mm. you know the old original land races. There's something you can get in the good stuff, which it just is is hard in in my experience to find in um in in your typical generic modern hybrids. You know, there's a there's a sort of uh, there's, there's there's kind of euphoric, vibrant quality that. It's, it's, it's missing from, by that means, but, but it's just missing from a lot of modern stuff, particularly the more kind of Afghan, num, you know, Afghani number one influenced kind of hybrids, mm -hmm. which have, can have this quite dirty, um, flat, sometimes rather flat and uninspiring effect. And yeah. it's not, but it's, yeah. it's not to say that that's not, I mean, it, you know, I think variety is the spice of life, right? Ideally, you want a if you know, ideally you want a mix of all, of, of all these things in, in you know in your, in your collection of smoke, right? You want a bit of fantastic old hash, a bit of modern stuff. I'm not anti-modern hybrids, but there's no question that if you go to um, if if you go to Parvati now, a lot of a lot of the stuff that's being produced from these um, I'm trying to not use loaded language, but I was about to say mongrelized plants, right? That have been influenced by modern stuff. It's a lot of that hash is rather flat. It's lacking something that you mm. get. Well, it's interesting. Like, I, I it's, like it's like a it's like an OG. Like OG does not make good hash. I can tell you, from right okay, a, yeah. a hash maker's yeah. sort of background, and especially on dry sieve, it makes even worse. You know, because it just it doesn't have that yeah. quality where it's it's going to make a nice solid piece of hash that's going to bounce on the table and make a nice high pitch noise and do all the, all the things that we know good hash does right and then it but it it'll still be yeah. strong and it'll taste flowery and it'll be make you high but it won't it won't uh store very well or or you know press very well or it changes over time to, it's to, very, to, yeah yeah to, to me i was looking more at the experiential side of it i mean that's what that that's that's what where you know the actual the actual the actual high itself you know so i mean um, what, what, while you're talking, about, I, was, I was just remembering. I was last, last time I was up in um, last time I was up in Parvati. There was a I met an old guy up there who was one of these eccentric characters. He's 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 I'm sure he's been doing a bit of low level smuggling for who knows how long. Perhaps even bigger level smuggling. I don't know. But he he was this eccentric guy. He bought he bought a bunch of Thai ganja with him to Parvati. <laughs> which I think is madness, but right. anyway, he had some, some 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 nice old, you know, no, no, nothing nothing out of this world, but just good 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 old Thai weed, you know. And he had it with him. Plus, we had some um, hash from Parvati that that, that 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 I just bought while I was trying to find some nice stuff, right? So I bought a bit from this old lady, and it it turned out to actually be, you know, it had that skunky smell to it, and and it really put it in. Um, the, the contrast was so kind of obvious. I smoked a bit of the Pavati stuff. It was just a bit flat and uninspiring. Mm -hmm. I smoked some some of this Thai stuff. I was I was on the moon, you know. I just felt fantastic. It was just really uplifting, kind of high, and that's that kind of thing I was looking for. Well, well but one to of get the, that these days. Um, yeah, well, one if, of the things that you, one of the things that you touched on was was when you said Afghani number one. That actually, right. you know, you kind of nailed it in a sense that there's a lot of that's like a pivotal one of those pivotal plants, especially for breedings, because yeah. uh, seems like everybody used it at one point, and it was like it. It's yeah. kind of like how the white was like a the white was like a modern version of that, where everything you hit with it actually looked really cool, 
but it kind of lost its flavor. Mm-hmm. It kind of like had killed. It's like a flavor killer, you know what I mean? And I think that right, I right. think that the Afghan one kind of did that too, where it was a hell of a resinous plant and made other plants more resinous, and it had that vibe. But it did just kind of yeah, it kind of neutralized a lot of the flavors, and so. Um, yeah, I, I like that you call it Afghan one as well, because actually Afghani, Afghani is the currency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, and hash plant, and hash plant was another one yeah. of those. It was like hash plant and Afghan one were both of those strains that were kind of like, they weren't the best selected Afghani or, <laughs> I mean, the hash plant was, was better, but it was the kind of a weird plant too. Um, but right. Afghan, but the, but the Afghan one in particular was real. It was just kind of blah, like... Yeah, like someone did a bad selection. Right, but see, you, you you know the you know these plants in in you know to an extent that I I just don't my my my, my interest has always been, you know the, the land races themselves. So if 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 I happen to know these things, it's because they've sort of impeded into the world that I'm interested in. Everyone talks about Afghan mm-hmm. Afghani number one, so called. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be Afghan number one, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, people, someone was asking me where where do I think that plant came from and I know Mel Frank is on the record as saying that he he or, or someone he was associated with was sent I think like six six seeds from Kabul in 1979 mm-hmm. and then um, after one generation those were passed on to Mel Frank I mean and everyone sort of I, I quite often get um, emails and stuff from people saying to me where do I think those that, that plant came from and I, honestly I don't know but if you if, if if you go to northern Afghanistan, like places like Mazari Sharif, the, the strain, the, the land race that's actually associated with that area, is nothing like that at all. Um, the plant that um, uh, that uh, Afghans themselves call uh, Mazari or Mazari Sharif or Balki is another name for it, because mm-hmm. Balk is actually is the town that's actually really associated with um, hash production, which is just outside. Mazari Sharif, and that that land race is actually a huge plant. It, it can go to f- four meters or more if you put it in decent land. Um, and it's not, I mean, it, it can show broad leaflets, but it's it's actually much more like what we would call a sativa, inverted mm. commas. Yeah. Um, and it's it's um, the, the, the sort of aromas you associated with it. I mean, they're, they're, they're a hashy aromas, but I've never heard of anyone growing it and encountering skunky smells you're more likely to get kind of fruity sort of um you know that end of the spectrum of of um of terpenes you know well i think i I think um, a lot of it was based on like a lot of people read rob's book and sort of looked at those drawings and that really showed like really wide leaf and we get those in the in in some strains where you get these real rounded big wide indica leaves um and so but i think of those as more maybe Becca Valley or something like that, or, or you know, there's other areas that Kazakhstan, yeah, no, Kazakhstan and stuff like that. I kind of feel I'm like I'm not. I'm not sure you do. I mean, there's a, there's a. I mean, this whole thing is really interesting because that a lot of so much of it is speculation now. I mean, because so it's it's you know it's very hard to get to Afghanistan. I mean, a, a, a friend of mine did go like just uh, last harvest season, but it wasn't easy. I mean, you know, he he he. He, he did collect some strains up in um, in in the north, but to go to the to the sort of hi, the Hindu Kush proper, which Mazari Sharif isn't actually part of, you, you can get to Chitral with you know relatively easily if you can actually get the visa for Pakistan. But to go up to 
um, to go up to the Hindu cushion, you know, in Afghanistan. I mean, it's just, it's you know, it's, it's pretty dangerous still these days for a for a foreigner. So our, our knowledge of what's actually on the ground there, you know, since since 1979, it's just been it's been damn difficult to to um, actually go there and see what's really going on. And I'm I'm I, I'm I remain like highly skeptical of pretty much everything that's said about about um, Afghan plants. Uh, because no one in the West really, honestly, can can say with any honesty that they've studied it directly on the ground. What you actually get there, so much of what we've done is it, is at so many stages removed. Mm-hmm. And and then you have the fact that the you know pre-war, uh, pre-hippie trail knowledge of the area isn't is is pretty limited as well because it was off limits for such a long time to most people. So. I mean, there's one traveler who went up there in the 1920s, an American guy called um, uh, Lowell Thomas. And he, he talked a lot about Charis, but mostly in Peshawar, which is um, you know, in Pakistan, but is a Pashtun city. But I think by the time he got to Afghanistan, he'd been smoking enough Charis, that he, or at least uh, was distracted by other things. So he, he, he doesn't actually mention much about what he sees in the Hindu Kush. And then, of course, you have... Um, uh, Vavilov, the Russian uh, botanist who went there, and he he does talk a bit about what he saw, but it's been, in my opinion, misrepresented quite extensively uh, in Western uh, academic uh, scholarship. Because I mean, he he didn't see broad leafleted plants. He his Afghanica, Af, um, this tax on Afghanica which has been sort of resurrected to describe um, what, we, uh, what we colloquially call indicas, these broad leafleted plants. He didn't see broad leafleted plants in, uh, in Afghanistan. He, he, he saw, in the Hindu Kush, he saw narrow leafleted uh, kind of intermediate um, plants with, with um, what he calls ob- obovate uh, leaf shape, so they do have that what we associate with indica kind of shape to them, but they're not broad leafleted. He says very clearly they're narrow leafleted, which is what you'd expect of an intermediate um, uh, plant. That's it wasn't being cultivated. What he saw was plants that had gone wild, inverted commas, in an area of Kunar Valley. Now people have made a huge deal out of how significant that observation was. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty bloody obvious that what he saw was just an area where someone had been growing hash and hadn't grown it that year, and the plants had just gone nuts, as they do in that area, all over some wheat fields, I think it was, he describes. Uh, so, you know, does that prove there's a subspecies or species associated with the area? I, I don't think so. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the, the guy had wandered 100 kilometers down Kunar Valley. <laughs> he... He, he might not have been, you know, I don't know. People make a great deal of it. Whereas mm. when he when he was in the north, which was um, an area definitively associated with um, hash production, uh, Afghan Turkestan, what he saw was large plants with, uh, like the Mazari plant, that's associated, the Mazari land race that's associated with the region that had large leaves, but not broad leaflets. It just had large leaves. It was heavily branched, mm-hmm. uh, just like he said, the types of plants that you were seeing in 
um, what we now call Uzbekistan and, and uh, those areas. So, you know, I mean, that's what we have. It's like some, some, some observations from 1924. Right. But it's already clear that, you know, that's, that's about it, really. And, and then it's a kind of just silence until the hippie trail era. So I think we, we don't really know anything about um, Afghan plants, you know? Well, <laughs> I, think, opinion, I, I think, yeah, and I think the problem is, is that people kind of, again, like they, they didn't really work with a lot of, I mean, if they sent six seeds. That's not a very big selection, yeah. you know. What I mean, that's like okay, yeah, you did yeah, one yeah. in you have a one in six yeah. selection, and maybe half of those are not, are female and half are males, and now you're talking about three, so maybe you have one in three, which is a pretty uh, you know narrow narrow window, especially for the amount of people that probably you know took something from that that actually look because because again the and and then. So, sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Coffee. The coffee's got the coffee's got going now, so my Good. brain's uh, nice <laughs> in gear. It, it, it. I mean, and how do we? I mean, I, I'm not part of this sort of world that um, you know of Amsterdam and and and, and you know the American breeder scene. So mm-hmm. everything I say needs to be viewed from that perspective, right? But well, you're, how, you're, how do we? You're know? clean. You're 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 not you're not. Um... Misguided by anything there, though. You, everything you're talking about. Well, no, come... but, uh, you know, I, I'm an, I have an outsider's perspective, and, mm-hmm. and, and my instinct is for skepticism. So I, I don't in any way want to. If anything I say implies criticism of people, it needs to be viewed, you know, in the context of my own ignorance and lack of <laughs> knowledge of the world. But how 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 do I, as an outsider, know? Like when I read a, um, papers about. Um, there's that fantastic paper by um, Carl Hillig and people, but when I look at that, there's what twelve plants that are meant to be representative of Afghan and sort of that general Hindu Kush area. Mm-hmm. Their their names, like you know, um, I don't know, I can't remember what they are, but they're at least sort of nine of them are, are, are strains that have come from the Amsterdam world and they've got names like, you know, I, I don't actually remember, but they're called sort of cherry bomb and things like this. And and, and I look at that and I think, how, how, how many generations has that gone through since, since whatever original seeds may have been sent mm-hmm. to, you know, found their way to Amsterdam? Were they just... Uh, an offshoot of Afghani number one, or is this really an original? Um, yeah, I had, I had, know, I had uh, guys, I had back and in. Then is, is it even, is, so can I just, just to finish, but oh, yeah, and yeah. Is it even, can I even call it a land race? Because a land race is, is, a, is a plant that's, uh, is a domesticated, in, in the context of, you know, drug cannabis, inverted mm-hmm. commas, a land race is a, uh, is a plant that's maintained by traditional methods, right? Mm-hmm. That's an important part of it. It's not just a region-specific. It's not just a region-specific strain. It's also uh, cultivated in the traditional way. Which, if you if you've done five generations of like so-called cloning, cloning and stuff on a on a on an Afghan strain, it isn't a land race anymore because you're using really ultra-intensive modern selective selection processes that just aren't used by Afghan farmers, right? You, you, you've created something totally different. Uh, you know, the most, in, the most intense um, selection that you're going to get even in Thailand and Laos where you, you get a very strong uh, sensimila, you know, like, uh, 
you can have very high THC plants because there is this tradition of like keeping seeds from particularly strong plants and you get the same in some bits of northeast India which is why you get you know you can get very high THC land races that doesn't to my to, to my knowledge that doesn't happen in uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan you know you you, you do have uh, areas that of Afghanistan that are associated with stronger hash, like kind of Paktia and Logar, those kind of areas, which I suspect is where Afghani number one probably came from, like near near Kabul. But whether that's because the farmers are doing, uh, you know, this sort of more intense selection, I, I don't know, but I suspect not. You know, the, the Mazari Sharif hash is uh, the best, is, is sort of regarded as the best hash by Afghans, but it's not regarded as it isn't it isn't especially strong you know afghans don't actually um traditionally look for like intense strength as as a as something that makes hash good they're looking for a a dreamy kind of um relaxed sort of um luxurious sort of uh, you know dr dreaminess is what they talk about you know which is the quality you do get from Mazari hash, they're not looking to get absolutely sculled, you know, they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to get obliterated, you know, that's not viewed as, as, a, as a kind of connoisseur experience, you know. Right. Anyway, um, I've, I've got sidetracked again, but the point is that I, I don't think these, um, I don't think we can talk about plants that have gone through several generations of, 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 of Western, modern Western breeding processes, particularly in the context of Afghan plants as land races. Afghani number one is not a land race, in my opinion, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree as far as a lot of places are, are losing the ability to be called land races just because of the same problem where, you know, people have come in yeah. and kind of fucked it up a long time ago you know, for the last yeah. 50 years almost, or, you know, close to it sometimes. So it's like we're talking. Well, this is, yeah. Another interesting thing, though, is like, because how, how it's, it's very hard to know until, until like a really definitive study is done. It's hard to know, um, you know, to, to what extent land races have been, you know, messed up, you know, uh, uh, you know, so yeah, because people will say that to me. It's like, how 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 do you uh, so, so someone who's sort of been 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 through Afghanistan in the seventies says, how do you know that these strains are still pure? You know, hmm. and I, I can only go on uh, on 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 the uh, you know what what my nose tells me, what the plants look like. I, I know if I go to Parvati, I'll see those Afghan um, Afghan leaf shapes. I just don't see anywhere else in the Himalaya until you get to. Pakistani Kashmir, you know. Whereas if you go to, if if you go west of Pakistan, and that's, and that's another Kashmir, that's so. another hard place to get to. I'm sure Kashmir must not be very easy for foreigners to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well, yeah, yeah. And getting into Pakistan generally is a bit of a hassle, but and uh, and the Indian Indian side of it's a you know disaster as well. But but um you know and then if you go east of Parvati. That just just on the leaf shapes, you just don't see those um, Afghan leaf shapes that, I, that that you see in Parvati, and mm -hmm. and you don't you don't you don't you don't encounter those um, those those aromas, you know. And 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 if if you if you go into um, 
if you find nice hash in like Gawal or Kamaun, which are next to, which are east from Varati, it has that sparky, the, the nice hash, it has that kind of sparky, zingy, you know, sativa, as we, as we call it, effect that, that people look for in Himalayan uh, hand-rubbed hash. And it's disappearing in Parvati. I, I wish, I wish if, if people are going to like fuck up land races, can I just put out a call? Please bring nice strains with you to do it. Right. Bring some haze. Bring some, you know, bring something good. Don't bring like there's some shitty, dull, boring fucking indica with you. Bring something nice. If you're going to fuck it all up, fuck it up with something nice. Sure. <laughs> Sure. No, I, that's the problem. Is too many people. Too many people. Uh, you know, gonna have cookies or something, something like that. You'd be like, oh well, no, just, you just ruin. It's like you just ruin the whole country. Yeah, I mean, you're going up to the Himalaya. You're 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 looking for these expansive vistas of like mountain tops. You know, you want something to, you want something to elevate you. You know, elevate your mind. You know, inspire you. And that's what that's what everyone loves about um, you know, that old old Himalayan hash, you know, it's what everyone raves about and Nepalese hash and stuff. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so where else, so you, you've done obviously a lot of the Middle East um, and, and Africa, what did you do, and, and Asia, no, um, or not Africa, just Asia and uh, Middle East? Yeah, I'm really, um, a Asia's my sort of um, zone that I know, actually know about, you know, um, mm -hmm. The, the Middle East is um, Lebanon's. Lebanon's, um, you know, the only bit I've been to um, collecting myself personally. Other people who cooperate with me have been to Egypt and mm -hmm. um, Syria. Oh, and I've been to Morocco, of course. Oh, well, no, Syria, Syria no, Syria. Um, none of us have been to the the, the Syrian uh, strain we have is um, something that was uh, has come via. Uh, a, a, a um, gene bank um, in in Germany, so uh -huh. they were giving out seeds to people. And I mean, this is all stated on our website. Someone was giving me hassle for this. Yeah. They, people, people have got seeds from from them, and then those have been going around. And we decided to perhaps slightly ethically questionably, but to, to make it available through the site because it's become harder to get hold of. Mm -hmm. Of course. But yeah, no, I've not been. I've, I've not been to. Um, I've not been to Syria myself, um, but you know, the, um, Asia to me is most interesting because it's 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 got the, um, the the biodiversity from the point of view of the the, pl the plant itself. It's most interesting, and culturally, uh, it, you know, it's most interesting in terms of um, these long traditions of use, kind of countercultural traditions of use. And, and did you uh, did you uh, do a lot of uh cruising around with the, the Hmong tribes or anything, you know, the hemp from them, or do you ever um, deal with them? Uh, well, the Hmong, um, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I lived in Laos for uh, several years. Um, the, the Hmong themselves have been elevated to this position of importance uh, in, in a sort of popular discourse about Southeast Asia that actually they don't, they don't really have in, in um, in, in, in cannabis culture in Laos, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and the Hmong, the Hmong um, migrated um, or have been migrating south out of uh, China for, for quite some time. And I think um, the areas where you find them growing um, ganja as opposed to hemp are only very 
far their sort of southernmost extreme mm. where they've migrated as far as as um central laos um traditionally the Hmong don't grow ganja sure they grow hemp and hemp is very much you know um, rob clark's um, and, and people associated with him have written really detailed studies of of, of Hmong sure. hemp hemp use but um in in terms of ganja it's that's in in my opinion that's um very much a lao thing like lao as in the ethnic lao uh people who uh live um traditionally uh, in the lowland areas of of laos with the good land next to the rivers and and a, a rice sort of lowland paddy rice farmers whereas the Hmong um uh live up on the mountain tops and and when when they grow um when when the Hmong are growing ganja I'm, I'm i'm pretty damn sure it's because they've acquired ganja seeds from lao people you know <laughs> yeah of course so um yeah i, I don't i don't um I, yeah I, I did um uh, one one friend of mine uh, or, or or guy i met did get some good uh gan a good a good ganja strain from uh, some some uh, Hmong people. I think the really good stuff is, uh, has, has, if if you find hill tribes growing it, it's because they've either been commissioned to do it by Lao Thai people, or, or they've somehow managed to get hold of seeds. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you, <clears throat> you know, you'd, you'd you'd think it'd be crazy that people would grow, grow it and use it for everything, and then not have some proper medicine that actually worked. It wouldn't have to be even that strong. It's a lot of times, I mean, the thing about cannabis in general is like, if you have just the right ratios, even like a 10%, 12%, uh, you know, is, is more than enough temp, you know, but I, but a lot of those things were just, it was about the balance, you know, they had like a, a one to one that was almost perfect maybe like seven and seven or eight and eight or something like that. But it's just that it actually works. Cause it's, it's, you don't need super high numbers. You need kind of the right, uh, balance yeah i mean um it uh it'll be really interesting to see like you know as and when um a sort of definitive study of of, of these land races is done you know what what there what what there is there now i mean i think the, the, the more kind of proper um ganja growing is done uh you know where you've got um like in, in Thailand and Laos, you know, you'd have a, a farmer who was tasked with just producing seeds. Uh, so his job would be to, you know, grow a crop and make sure that there were no hermaphroditic plants in it and to do some selection for potency. I think in that context, you'd expect um, the, you know, the crop to be pretty much uh, mostly just TH, high THC plants. You know, when I say high THC, I mean sort of you know, plus ten percent. Right. You know. That's kind of uh, yeah. That is the kind of that's the kind of where it actually starts to work. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, and, and, and when well upwards of that, and you can get, I mean, you know, in in Manipur as well, you can get you know some pretty fiendishly strong, um, bud. You know, where people are are still doing this, where people know to just keep the, each each year to keep the seeds from the best, the best plant. You know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, you know, I'd expect to see just mostly THC. But again, this is pure speculation, you know, from my point of view. Uh, I, I have heard people who've submitted 
um, uh, you know, ganja that they've got from, uh, from from Thailand and stuff to be tested. And, and you do you do apparently get um, you can see like uh, mixed CBD THC uh, um, in, 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 in there, but that, that may be because it's um, hybridizing with um, uh, some of the you know, hemp because there's tradition. Yeah, Thai is, Thai is pretty much usually not, not CBD heavy at all. I mean, Thai is usually a yeah. You'd expect yeah, you'd expect that. But but in terms of what you you, you might see on the ground, like some you know, um, Nakon Panom, for example, that's a place in northeast Thailand um, that's well known um, among Westerners as, as being associated with really good uh, Thai ganja. It's where that sort of area. It's very, very. It's, it's just on the, on the, on the bright, on the. You know, it's, it's a riverside um, town, like on the Mekong, and then on the other side of it is, is looking straight across, is a town called Takhek, and that's a, that sort of general zone, and from, from there up to Vientiane and uh, Nong Kai, that stretch of the Mekong is historically really associated with um, ganja growing, very high quality. Ganja growing back in the six, like, you know, sixties and seventies. That's where all the Westerners used to go up to to buy a tie stick and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you historically, there's always been also been um, hemp growing uh, around that area too. So if you go uh, to Takhek and down from there, you will find um, fields of uh, hemp, and that, that's always been the, the way. You know, it's a, it's a um, not not this is not a new phenomenon. It's um, you know, the sort of East Asian hemp plants around. So it, it's highly likely you're always going to get a little bit of um, hybridization going on, you know? Yeah, both so ways. If you see in, both, in both ways, having yeah. hemp that's actually gets yeah. you kind of high and getting some weed that might get yeah. some hempy in the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how, um, uh, how, how when, when, when we talk hemp in the West, we tend to think sort of a rough, um, unpleasant, um, dirty sort of, unrefined aromas but actually some of that um east east um east asian chinese hemp um particularly grown around there can actually smell pretty good you know the the flowers because they're often they're intended for use in uh in in like intended for culinary use you know they're not just growing it for the for, for, for the fiber although that is a reason because traditionally the people would make their textiles out of the fiber, but the, um, the, the the flowers themselves, you can still even even in Isan in Thailand, I've seen the um, Chinese, as it were, as it were, Chinese hemp flowers on sale in kind of um, herbalist shops, and they can have a pretty good um, aroma to them. You know, like the the sort of aromas you can find in nice um, in nice Thai <clears throat> grass. You know, sort of minty, I don't know, catnipy sort of like. Eau de Cologne mint, water mint kind of smells that you can have in this hemp. So it, it might be detrimental for the potency of Tigandra if it's hybridizing with these plants, but I doubt it would necessarily, it doesn't, ne- it's not necessarily going to screw up the um, sort of aromas and flavors that you get, you know. It, it may, it may, it may actually explain why you get some of the nice uh, aromas from Thai, you know, um, that it's been crossing and recrossing with these, these Chinese um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting because you know, again, there's not many people out there doing what you're doing. Um, gets 
all the all the regions that you're talking about are are you know getting weirder and weirder. And so, of course, as you know, you you got people on the ground. Uh, but do you have uh, do you guys ever get like uh, as far as like what I used to have a guy do? He'd come from Afghanistan and he'd give me a pack and he would have in the pack photos of the plant that he got the seeds from and he would hold a lighter up to it to show size of the buds etc you know and he kind of did that and then he go to morocco and do the same thing and then mm-hmm. uh it was always good because then when i got home when he gave them to me i i had some sort of idea you know what i mean i didn't have i couldn't he didn't have the weed or anything like that but um do you guys have any kind of like as far as when you're collecting seeds and stuff do you have uh because they're sometimes are random, or do you have these guys grow for you, or is there like any kind of quality control, or is it um, just kind of you're just getting what you can get? I mean, it, quality control is just sort of purely going to a place with known to have good good stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then um, yeah. Uh, like for instance, like for instance, yeah, if taking, you're gonna like taking, like for instance, photos of everything. Yeah, we do we we do that. So uh, Lucas, who went up to um, northern Afghanistan last last year uh, in during harvest season, he uh, he took a camera with him, and he's a he's a really good photographer. He took some fantastic uh, shots of, of 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 the culture. The thing is, the 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 plant. He took good plant shots, but the plants themselves were not looking very uh, beautiful by any means um, but that was partly what that is to do with how the how, how the how they harvest the hash up there like they leave the plants way into uh, senescence you know so that's that's traditionally how they've done it um, uh, so we're talking like into mid mid December there are still plants most of the plants were still standing up in Mazari Sharif, so this this shows you how how far removed from uh, our preconceptions about Afghanistan the reality actually did, it, the reality on the ground actually is. So like going way back to 2007 when I went over there to or to Peshawar rather to get hold of seeds, I met a um, a, a Pashtun guy uh, hash smuggler in. Uh, Peshawar, who uh, he, he was saying you could get hold of Mazari Sharif plants for me, and of course I was thinking Mazari Sharif, so this must be a dwarf broadleafleted mm-hmm. indica plant, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's telling me, no, no, this is a these are monster huge plants, and 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 I'm saying, well, when do they when do they cut them? And he's saying, oh, December, December, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? This guy is bullshitting me, you know? Anyway, I got I got. He he was originally from uh, northern Afghanistan, so I got seeds from him. He got me this fantastic uh, um, Shiraki Mazar uh, Mazari hash. You know, it's incredibly uh, well produced first first uh, first garter, which means the most kind of refined sieving of the plant. But um, it, it took another sort of it took another th- uh, three or four years, I think, until the the UN. Uh, uh, UNODC did a, their first cannabis um, survey of Afghanistan, where I saw that oh yeah, that this is actually what they're reporting as well is that the the, the harvest in Mazari Sharif happens late 
late November into early December. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, and, and Lucas was up there and all these plants, they're like really on their last legs, but the, the Afghan farmers like to leave them as late as they can before they actually make hash out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So the you know all the all the all, all the big shade leaves have fallen off. The plants are all kind of purple and they're and and, and they're because um, of the cold of the nights, you know. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, yeah, I mean it's one of those places that I mean it's all about hash making. It's not about cannabis for flavor. So that's also part of the problem. Is is that you know doesn't always mean that a hashy plant is going to taste good when you actually smoke it as a flower because we're we're oh oh oh, yeah 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 i mean yeah there's no yeah there's no tradition of of smoking plants as flowers yeah 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 so that makes i mean a little bit with with like you know in some places with uh with uh keef which is basically just tobacco and weed chopped up you know what i mean and those kind of in morocco and stuff but but in general most of these hash places just yeah they don't even really never crosses their mind which is weird right you just like like somebody yeah it's certainly from a north american mm-hmm. perspective it's it's a it's a it's a bit of a conceptual leap but for for for, for, for europeans you know we're like I, I grew up mostly smoking hash you know so that's sort of um you know uh it better yeah that that, that was yeah that's what we're sort of used to but yeah i mean so, mm-hmm. but yeah keith i mean i, I, I was reading um Paul Bowles, um, who, who was in Tangier in the sort of 50s and 60s, when he's talking about Keith, and, and it's, it's funny the, the, the sort of different um, perspectives people had on it back then, because <clears throat> he'd occasionally see uh, proper kind of ganja from tropical Africa would, <clears throat> would occasionally find its way to Tangier. And Bowles didn't like it. He was like, it's too... The flavor's too strong. <laughs> the flavor's too strong, and, and the the high is too strong. You know, because he was smoking this crappy um, Moroccan uh, keef. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, uh, people will occasionally claim that they they used to be these really good uh, keef plants in 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 Morocco that were intended for for being smoked as buds. But I'm not I'm not convinced. Just going on what I've read of the writers from the era who were there. Mm-hmm. In in Morocco, you know, to partly because of the cannabis, it, it, it doesn't seem like it was there. But yeah, people's people's um people's uh, expectations from 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 um these uh, you know what people's what people were looking for out of um, cannabis in those in, in that era wasn't necessarily quite the same thing that most people are these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's easy to mythologize uh, to mythologize the past. There's no question that like uh, prohibition has done a lot of damage to biodiversity of cannabis. To quantify how much it's damaged it, it's it's incredibly difficult because I think a lot of people, <clears throat> particularly people who did the hippie trail in in back in the day, you know, have a tendency to um, just view that whole period of their life uh, through a, through very rose-tinted spectacles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's that, that um, you know, the reason, the reason a lot of people were going there was because the sort of um, 
the counterculture hit this, you know, this wall of reaction under Nixon and people, and uh, and 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 you know, I mean, this is I'm talking about my parents' uh, yeah. generation, right? So this is all secondhand, um, the baby boomer sort of generation. You know, they hit this wall of reaction, and so you know, either either you kept on either you made your utopia somewhere in the west if you could somewhere in california or, or oregon or whatever or, or you or you uh, or you went and did the hippie trail you know and you looked for you looked for what you were looking for in the, in in the far east and so i think for the people who were there who did that mm-hmm. there's a tendency to see that period of their life as this golden age that is just never going to be uh, it's never going to happen again, and and I think there's a tendency for cannabis to get sort of included in that. You know that it's just it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same, uh, and I, you know there's there's good reason to think that. I'm I'm sure like in Thailand that a hell of a lot of incredibly good land races got wiped out. You know. Yeah. But if well, you if if you look at how the economy actually adapted itself. You know, when in, in, in the 80s and stuff, when there was this, you know, big budget DEA sort of eradication programs going on, mm-hmm. what actually happened was it, 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 there's quite a sophisticated um, underground uh, system, you know. So this, the people just took the seeds to Laos, they took the seeds to, to Cambodia, uh, they took the seeds out of Isan to other bits of Thailand, up to the north, up to the west. So it, it's, 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 you know, it's very hard to to quantify how much damage was done. You know. Yeah. And there's a there's a similar thing that happened in Afghanistan. Like there's this tendency to talk about the civil war era as if it as if it wiped out uh, cannabis there as well. But actually, if you look at um, you know uh, there's WikiLeaks documents and that kind of thing, it's pretty clear that actually there was hell of a lot of growing is still happening i was gonna say it's it's not i don't think it's getting any less i think it's actually a lot of places it's getting more because there's nothing nothing else to do you know what i mean so you you get that going and uh as for you know there's there's another dimension to it which is uh, are we talking about connoisseur quality growing or are we just talking about like grow as much crap as you can growing you know and well, I think there's always been both both types have always happened. Well, know? and I mean, I so, think if you think real land races, you're actually hoping that maybe those things establish themselves and actually grow on their own, which is, you know, there are still places in Kazakhstan, there's places in, that are wild, there's wild hemp, or wild cannabis, I should say, even like not even hemp, because it's pretty high in THC, and so there's like hundreds, yeah, of, I, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres. I'm, of this, I, so. I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit... I'm a bit um, of a skeptic about um, about whether whether like feral cannabis produces anything worth smoking. You know, that's a whole, another whole. Well, that's, that, that's our that's our utopia right there, right? So when we find that place, where we're just like, <laughs> oh my god! But I mean, it, it, there there is yeah. definitely some areas that I mean, the thing, that's the one thing about cannabis in general is it, it you know if it's if it's in the right conditions and it, it work and it does work. It's like, especially like, you know, uh, whenever I'm recycling my soil or whatever, there's so many volunteers popping up every year that you're just like, yeah, this stuff, if if I moved on, I'm pretty sure these things could figure it out and can probably take over, you know, so I have a... Uh, Yeah, sure. And and I think um, the 
plasticity or whatever the word is of, mm -hmm. of cannabis means that it adapts uh, very quickly. But I think what you'd find is within, a, I don't know how many generations, but very quickly, say for example, you grew like a very broad leafleted um, uh, Afghan, right? Mm -hmm. I think you'd find if you let seeds from that uh, go wild, I think you'd find after a few generations, you'd, you'd, what you'd be seeing would be just crappy old, narrow leafleted, feral, feral cannabis. You know, excuse me. And uh, it's a, uh, it's um, if uh, there's a sort of myth of of, of um, about the Himalaya particularly that you know there's this fabulous wild cannabis up there that people use to produce like Nepalese temple balls from and all this kind of stuff. But actually, if you go up to the mountains, what you find is the, on the only places where you find what they call jungly, which is like mm -hmm. wild, yeah. wild hash. The only places where you find good jungly are places where you find people growing good, domesticated, proper hash plants. Yeah. Uh, so it's, um, I, I haven't, I haven't been up to Kazakhstan yet. Okay, but I think if if, if you find like um, Chu Valley or whatever it's called. It, in in Kazakhstan, if, if if you find patches of that where there's this fabulous stuff that's you, you can make hash from, it's really nice. It's because someone has been growing big fields of uh, hash plants there. You know, right? Uh, it, 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 my, my I'm I'm persuaded that you know it's that's the only it's it's um people selecting for what they want that makes nice cannabis. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think it's a natural. Uh, naturally occurring well now well now you're now you're debunking your entire company because now all of a sudden it's like there's no real no, aid no, no, anymore no. the real seed company no, 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 it's all contaminated is, I, I, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding no no no. no 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 but i mean it's 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 a huge misunderstanding that I, I, there's something i wrote recently that to try, trying to address this sort of misconception that land races are in some sense sort of inverted commas natural yeah, plants. Just, I mean, yes, yeah, just... they are in the sense that they're um, they're region specific. They've been domesticated, and that's the key word: domesticated mm -hmm. in sort of specific areas. But they're domesticated for specific purposes. You know, right. like I, I think that all the good, um, you know, really good modern hybrids. I think I, I would make a bet. You know, ten, twenty years from now, when all when we when we've really got some comprehensive kind of genetic studies of these things, mm -hmm. all the really good stuff you're going to find has Thai yeah. and those kind of genes in it. I'm talking all the good modern sort of sensey hybrids. You know, no, I 100 percent has got Thai in it, and you know the crappier stuff has got Afghan in it. Yeah, and not to say that Afghan's bad, but it just it's 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 not had like however many hundred years of of, um, of of selection for use as bud you know that's the key difference yeah. no, no that, 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 like, is, that is yeah. that is the difference right there no, you nailed it yeah. um, I do got to wrap it up though because we are about yeah. ten, already 10 minutes over time I still have to do one more guy to, to give do a giveaway hopefully we'll see if we can sure, sure. but um, super cool to talk to you I'm glad that you got a chance to I'm, I'm glad we got you on the line uh, even though it was early and we woke, but now you're up early and now you got, now you got a whole day ahead of you. So I, I, I know how I that goes. Indeed, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was great talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, it was fun. cool. And, and I think you're going to get, um, you'll probably get a, a bunch of questions from some of the listeners because I've seen a lot of, uh, people in the chat gang 
obviously interested in checking out what you got. Now, now the biggest problem is that most of them are in America, so they're all like pissed because like they're not going to get any seats from you. But at least. Uh, Oh, well, we'll, we'll find a way. <laughs> well, there you go. That's they, all we need. Want to talk. Yeah. yeah, and there's enough Europeans listening to the show, too, so I'm sure you'll be getting hit up from all sides. And, uh, yeah, again, the, the reality is that it, the whole world's getting smaller and smaller. The, the chances of getting true F1s are even harder and harder. And, like, the thing is people in America don't realize how, you know, uh, far away from – even like like the, even places that you think it's contaminated is nothing compared to like how our our gene pool is because ours is literally you know 30 40 50 layers deep uh in in interbreeding which you know there's and there's uh there's just a lot of people out there who don't realize that they're things that they think are so different are actually very closely related already well yeah i, I don't want to I'm, I'm really uh, just to say before you go like, uh-huh. I, I really don't want to get locked into this sort of um land races, good, hybrids, bad sort of thing, because it's not at all the case. I mean, you know, the, the thing I love about America and, you know, North America in general is that how, how, how sort of serious people are about this. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really, they, 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 the, the real interest is, is the, the big irony of my situation is that the, most of the people who take this stuff really seriously and they want, the, they want these original plants and they want to, they have these breeding projects they want to work on, are pretty much all from America. You know, that's where the, the real kind of focus yeah. on this stuff is Euro- Europeans have a much more blase in general, in general. Mm, yeah, uh, no, I agree. I agree hundred um, percent. They don't have the same sort of earnest desire to, you know, really, really get into the details, you know, mm-hmm. um, in general. Yeah. No, totally agree. So um, besides the, the, the website that we've been putting up, is there any other, uh, like any other, uh, ways you want people to contact you or just kind of you have a way to get them through to them on the website i guess well it's some um, real real seed real seed co uh at gmail.com is my email and just you know drop me a message and i'll get back to people gotcha. who are interested as soon, as soon as i can yeah cool cool and uh yeah you coming to the states anytime soon or uh i wish i wish yeah um i'm i'm the next the next sort of year or so i'm really just uh I'm going to be doing as much, uh, you know, on the ground collecting as I can. I'm going to be going around with a camera and a recorder, sort of talking to people and trying to get as much of the kind of original um, culture and the, talking to the farmers and and the, you know the smokers in 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 these in Asia in the old sort of heartlands like the Himalaya and the Hindu Kush and, and getting as much of that documented as I can. Um, Cool. So that's that's where I'm going to be for the next get year that, or so. And I mean, get that book I'd done. Maybe get that book done somewhere yeah. along the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the book that never happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's I've just got this accumulating pile of of information that I'm just trying to work into something that's that's going to be accessible to to people. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, man, I'd love to come to the states. I really would. I haven't I haven't been since 1990. Uh, seven, I think, was yeah, when I was well, in America things, last. I mean, that was like two <laughs> years after maybe uh, two four, uh, Prop 215 went, went through, but barely any place. Yeah. Had, had any, I mean, Cali was the only place at that time that was uh, pushing the pushing the boundaries. Now it's it's literally we're down to four yeah. we're down to four states left that we have to somehow flip. Which well, that's, I was that's it. Sat on Venice Beach smoking like mid-grade Mexican imports. <laughs> that was 
that was my and then uh, and then someone turned up with a whole pile of like you know the proper the proper the real the real Californian thing mm-hmm. in the evening and I, I don't remember much after that. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it was it was good fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, cool, cool. Well, thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, I'm glad uh, we got you on the show. And we'll definitely yeah. uh, link up at some point. Now, uh, give me a shout if you get any real real leads and you want any. any uh, yeah, I'll just and as I get some for you, I'll throw them your way. Sure, sure. It's been, it's been great, uh, great talking. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks, Angus. Cheers, then. Bye. All right. So uh, a little varied there. We got the our so-called old school and then real old school and then uh we're supposed to do a giveaway we'll see if let's see if uh i know now we're already a half an hour we're 20 minutes over let's see if we can pull it off i don't i have a feeling since we've been skipping so many weeks that no one's going to know nothing i don't even know if i know well, i do know it but i just figured it out oh yeah yeah nice and do we even know so if anybody who's listening to the show has actually written a letter in saying why they needed a light from Illuminar. Now's your chance to figure out what the word of the week is. You have to go over to uh, the Instagram for Illuminar. It should be there somewhere, but you didn't see it, did you? Or did you? We couldn't even find it. So like, I didn't even see it. That's how much faith we have that this is going to make it. But fuck it. We can always try. We can always try. And if you're there, if you're, if you're, I mean, it's literally all the information is out there. If you have a phone or you're in front of a computer, which you probably are, because that's usually how you listen to these shows, then you should be able to figure out the word of the week i don't know how to do it mti does not know how to do it so good fucking luck right but uh we were so trying to get back on track because what happened was we had we had it rolling right we nailed it every week boom 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 but then we decided to throw a twist on the whole thing and then it all just fell apart the wheels came uh, off right yeah yeah and didn't get any more letters like no one gave a, everyone who did we or not um, we have a couple in here. Do we? Yes. I mean, you, I mean, because now is, is KTI listening to the show or is he just fucking giving up on us completely? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen him. In I have a, a feeling he gave up on us. I haven't seen him in the chat. <laughs> Not in the chat. Up in the mountains. Um, let's see. Now, Scott felt like he was a good time to call in the middle of the show, but we'll see if he's listening to the show still because if he is, we can get... Mr. Luminar on, or uh, if Mario, so Mario's not even in the chat either, though, right? So he's he's out. So let's see. Let's. I'll give him a, a text. Let's, let's see. He's gonna say he doesn't know the number, of course. So I'll have to. Uh. And of course, when I checked, when I sent a message to uh, Chuck from Verde, of course I sent him my number as as I always do. Send the wrong. Oh, you sent the wrong number. Good idea. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Um, let's see if Scott calls in, if we can, he does. If, oh, but I do have good inf- good news, though, from the Illuminar giveaway that I know. So Katie got hers the other day. And oh, right, yeah. Yeah, got a confirmation. So I think everybody got their lights who won in the first couple rounds there. So that's good. That's good news. So winners... Uh, but uh, let's see. So, well, you can uh, you can uh, give me give me give me the first person or get it get it going. But I, where the hell, is Scott? Man, we need we need the man himself. 
Yeah. Free pub- the, the, not free publicity, but the, oh, he's at dinner. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Five uh, minutes, he said. Okay. Okay. We can. Jeez, we're only we're pushing it now, right? Yeah. Um, People getting tired, but uh, yeah, you got. I mean, we can. I think. I, I think I know someone, what's going on. I got an email with someone that has the word in the email. So. Oh, then they so know it's somehow up. someone knows something. That's good. That, that that's a good sign. Yeah. Okay, so that person is like fresh meat. That should be, should be in there. Because that's the problem is I have little faith that, that the people who sent it in, because a lot of people don't think that, they don't realize that you have to write one letter. All you have to do is write one letter, say why you need a light from Illuminar, and then you will have a chance to win, right? So it's not like we don't keep you in the thing. But I just have a feeling that people are not on point enough to <laughs> know that they had to go to the thing. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, Tony Baloney says he got his light. Booyah, Tony Baloney. <sighs> Nailed it. I told you, everybody who won a light has got their light. So nice. that's the great thing about this. It's not fake. It's real deal. So 315 light to be won. Um, you know, let's try it. Let's get this guy, guy or girl. Is it a guy or a girl? Uh... Can't tell. I think it's a dude. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and he and he lives in America or he's out of the country because we had a lot out. Of, we've already had Scotland. We had Scotland in the in the house winning a couple weeks ago. Do you want me to go ahead and read here? Get on it. Yeah, no All names. Right. Just just right. read it. Uh, let's see. I've been following you since 1999 when I did my first grow and I finally got some of your genetics from the Altitude Seed Bank in uh, 2009. 2012. I think it was Attitude Seed Bank. Attitude. Sorry, I. Just checking, because I was like, altitude. Altitude's the, the Nuggets channel, so, you know. Oh, bro, this is not the Nuggets. I'm sorry to tell you, this is the Adam Dunn show. Totally For sure. Different. So different. Attitude <laughs> Seed Bank in uh, 2009 and 2012, up, in, uh, up until my packages started getting seized. I love the flavor of the Buku Kush. Oh, I see. He's trying to get in there. He's getting brownie points. My Fino had that uh, strong OG flavor, but it was the smallest runt in the room. Also love the Sage and the Dark Star. Nice. Well, then there's just three reasons why this guy's a winner right out of the gate. Yeah, I've what? been. Uh, yeah, I've been ordering from C's here now for over a year now, and he left his Instagram. Oh my God! You see, so that that is proof right there. If he's yeah. been ordering from C's here now for a year, they can just forget about their ROI and all that stuff, and they're <laughs> telling me that I never get him a customer because this guy's been doing a year. That sounds like he does it every week. Yeah. Sounds like an ultimate. Ultimate guy to be winning a light right now. Yeah. All right. So you need to give him a call. All right. We're going to call him up. I better look up the word of the week because I don't even know. Like I'm just... It's the one we talked about before I the show, I know what right? it is, but okay. I, would, I can't say it. I can't say it either. It's too hard. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 see. Da. Okay. I got it. So if, you're, if, you, if you recognize that, you better be near your phone. Don't be out at dinner like Scott with clients. Let's, he even left two numbers. Two numbers. Wow, we're, 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 we're going to. He really wants to win. <laughs> this is a winner. <laughs> this guy knows how to win. What's up, man? Dun, 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 dun. That was too fast. I know I was going to say, damn, that was a fast pickup. If you hear your phone ringing right now, this could be you. Oh, wait. 
luckily two numbers. The wireless cuss. Nope. No. I always thought that's a good way to have it, like answer your phone, so that when nobody ever, unless they know that, they don't let it go through. All right. Should we try the other number? I guess so, because if not, that's a bummer. Because he obviously needs this light. This is the guy who needs lights. Uh, uh, uh. Drum rolls, drum All rolls. Right, Come on, man. Go. You can do it. Don't make this the longest show ever. Because <laughs> I mean, we're already over our time. Dun, 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 Because he must have saw the Instagram Illuminati giveaway. Hello. Yo, yo. Welcome. This is Adam Dunn's show. Do you know the word of the week for our Illuminati giveaway? Oh. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Hello? Yes, sir. This is, Adam hey, this is the Adam Dunn show. What's up? What is going oh, down? Going. Well, we're doing our oh, Illuminati man. giveaway. We're doing the Illuminati giveaway, and we were hoping that since we noticed that you were uh, on point with everything, we figured you were the guy to call. Do you know what the word Sweet, of the week is? Man. You know? Do you know the word of the week? Uh, yeah. Sexual radio meter. But da dun 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 dun. Well, good job there, my friend. So uh, I was I didn't have much faith. I thought nobody's gonna be like on point because we were so I didn't even know the word. I was uh, I was all over the place. Uh, well, I've been waiting, bro. <laughs> I guess so. What's uh, what's your what's your handle there? <laughs> Give me your handle. Who are we talking to? Uh, Angelo Coleman. Angelo, all right. Well, so we're gonna get all your info, and uh, we, we we're trying to get Scott on the phone, but he was apparently uh, at dinner with clients. So the, uh, we're trying to get the Illuminar exec on the phone, say this is the man right here. But we will make sure that happens. We'll get you that. It's a three fifteen. I think you have a choice between a sixty five and a, what was it? We have five and a sixty five. You know, I'm not exactly sure, but I will. Uh, well, we're gonna give you the choice anyway when, when we get in touch with you. So, congrats. Sweet, man. People really win on the Adam Dunn Show. Now you know. It's true. Hell yeah, man. All right. Hey, I meant to also tell you, I got uh, that heavy-duty fruity back in the day from the Attitude, man. That was some fire, too. Nice, nice. Yeah, I saw that on the thing. Uh, uh, well, it sounds like you've been a fan for a while, which is awesome. I'd like to uh, give back in that way. And also, uh, hopefully, you're going to put this to good use. It's, uh, you got a spot for it already, obviously? Uh, yes, sir, I do. Nice. Well, well, keep us informed and tell us how it goes, because uh, our first winner, Skunky, is keeping us informed. So we gotta, we gotta keep, keep, <laughs> keep on all you guys. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm on the forum at Seeds here now too. So, I'd, uh, yeah, it won't be a problem at all. All right, my friend. Uh, we'll get all the information from you. And uh, well, I'm, yep, I'm writing an email right now to the people that need it. There you go. Mm -hmm. So we're making it happen. <laughs> uh, right on, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, you know, getting the letter. See how easy it is? And I just got to get other people to fig figure it out. That just write a letter. Tell <laughs> us tell us why you need a light. And if we uh, read it on the air and give you a call and you know the word of the week, which you now have to go over to Instagram, uh, Illuminar, to pick that on up. Uh, okay. Uh, you want my Instagram handle? Um, I think we I got, got it right We got here. it all. We, we're all, we got I'm you covered. I'm forwarding okay, it yep. to everyone here. Yep. To everyone in the world. That needs a <laughs> All right, my yeah. friend. Well, thanks for listening. Right on, man. All right, my friend. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, bro. Peace. Have a good one. Later. And we did it. We actually gave away a light. Wow. Without Scott. Scott, we don't even need you, man. 
or Mario. We're doing this. We're making this happen. Just keep that. Make sure that that. Uh, just make sure that that actually has it on the Instagram because we both couldn't find it. <laughs> I think he was just well well prepared. Thanks for hanging in there. Extra twenty minutes or so that we did. Thirty minutes, I think we did actually. Uh, so yeah anytime next week i think we're gonna have a, a pretty interesting show i can't announce it yet but james bean is part of the deal so we know you know it'll be some breeders some breeders uh and uh yeah thanks to everybody who came to my party last week that was great um thanks to rare fino and and uh family they made they, they, they hung in there like troopers the entire time uh highlight for me obviously my six-year-old making beats yeah that was awesome man. dropping them yeah like 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 he'd like he'd done it a million times right yeah. he just killed it totally it was my, i didn't even get a video of it that's how good it was i was like holy oh shit. really no one got video no i got it from other people but i oh, was good. like in like i had like slack jaw i was watching my own kid like oh my god he's oh and then it. the dude who came out with the remix of the adam dunn show it was oh, so yeah. funny because i was like out in the field and i heard the intro and oh I, like, we should have get that, that yeah, we should have got that yeah. I, and i do i have it in the car it's just sitting there oh, oh my god Next week, we'll do it. We'll drop it next week for everybody. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening, and see you guys next week. All right. Oh, yeah. Beautiful wife, Cece, for almost forgot her. Oh, yeah. She's out in, they're out in Washington at Fraser Island right now looking at whales. Well, maybe not right now. I think they finished it, but checking out the whales. Nice. <laughs> so see you guys. Peace. Practically every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. One of us from the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensimedia, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it...